Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Thursday morning to you and yours. Welcome, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. As you know, we come your way 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. That's Eastern Time. We start on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask, please subscribe to the program. You can also find us streaming on Facebook on the Chatterbox Sports page. Flip on the notification switch, if you would, please. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, please do. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Big show coming up today. We got lots to tell you about that in a moment. Bengals back on the practice field today. It's round one of the NFL playoffs set for Paycor Sunday night at 8 p. Yesterday, T. Higgins did not practice. He was listed as having an illness. Cam Taylor-Britt was limited with a groin injury. The question continues to be, is Lamar Jackson playing? He's not done so since that week 13 injury against Denver. He's not even practiced since then. That's a span of now 39 days. Jackson's backup, Tyler Huntley, did not throw a single pass, at least not during the part where the media was allowed to watch. He's been nursing tendonitis in his right throwing shoulder and, of course, did not play last week against the Bengals in the season finale. John Harbaugh did say Huntley is on schedule, so you figure he will start. Told you late yesterday, Tua Tagovailoa has been ruled out for Sunday's game in Buffalo. He's been in concussion protocol since the day after Christmas. Skylar Thompson is prepping to make his third start as to his backup. Teddy Bridgewater is still healing from a dislocated pinky on his throwing right hand. This weekend, you got two games on Saturday. Seahawks and the Niners. I think that's an interesting game. We'll talk a lot more about that today, a lot more tomorrow. And then you have the Chargers in Jacksonville. Three games on Sunday, Miami at Buffalo, the Giants in Minnesota, the Bengalis against the Ravens. And then Monday night, we have Dallas and Tampa Bay. Well, after a season where Zach Wilson stunk, simply didn't get any better, the New York Jets have parted ways with offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur. The team failed to score a single touchdown in the last three games of the season after flirting most of the year with a postseason berth. They say this is a tough one for head coach Robert Sala. The two have been best friends for longer than 20 years. In college football, sad news, legendary USC running back Charles White, who won the Heisman Trophy in 1979, has died from cancer at the age of 64. White is still to this day. And remember, freshmen couldn't play when he was around. He is still to this day the Trojans' all-time leading rusher. College hoops, big one in the Big East last night at the Centos Center. Number 12, Xavier, keeps on rolling. They down the preseason favorite Creighton, and the game lived up to all the hype. Xavier wins a thriller, 90-87. Paul will talk with you about that shortly. Muskie's now 14-3. and Creighton has been a huge disappointment. Call them whatever you want. They're 9-8. and End of story. Elsewhere in the Big East, number six, UConn loses again. This time at number 25, Marquette, 82-76. UC, home to East Carolina last night, and it was all Bearcats. Their best game of the year, I think we all agree. 83-55, the final. David DeJulius became the first Bearcat since Troy Copain back in 2016 with an assist double-double. He had 11 points and 12 assists. UC is 12-6 and 6 
on the year. In the Big 12, TCU blew an 18-point lead and lost to number 10 Texas. That Big 12 to watch games every night is beyond belief. And then baseball. How crazy is the baseball salary structure world? We give you this. Brandon Belt, who for a long time has been an excellent player for the San Francisco Giants. He won two World Series there. They're starting first baseman, solid, everyday guy. But now he's almost 35 years old. He didn't play half the season last year. And when he did play, he hit 213 with eight home runs and 23 batted in. With that in mind, Belt got a one-year deal from Toronto for $9.5 million to be a part-time player. $9.5 million. Good for him. Good work if you can find it. We rarely ever talk about the NBA, but it's a big deal in Cleveland. After nearly a year of rehabbing from a torn ACL, Cleveland guard Ricky Rubio is set to rejoin the team tonight in Portland. The Cavaliers are 10 games over 500, and Rubio is expected to be a major player and force on that team moving forward. Many of you in the chat, they were wondering, would my shirt look fleek today? Mm. Just a tired shirt on a tired dude. Casey, Paul, good morning, men. Casey, how, or, uh, Tom, how are you today? Doing all right. Casey, you okay over there? You scrambling around trying to get James Rapine dialed in? Yeah, I was just checking his uh, his audio. He's okay. good. Okay. We got James Rapine coming up here in a matter of seconds uh, to talk about the Bengals and the Ravens and all that's going on. Coming up at 1030, we will talk to our buddy from down in Dallas, Vach Lombardi, about the Cowboys going to Tampa Bay on Monday night. And, of course, at 1130, the best 30 minutes in television, twice a week, our buddy Tracy Jones. Uh, he wants to talk about Keith Hernandez. I don't know if you guys oh. have seen this. Now, I love Keith Hernandez. So do I. One of my favorite all-time dudes. Great player, great guy, lived hard, played hard. He is going, apparently, on this huge book tour. I saw a little bit of an interview he did last night. And, of course, Tracy's going to allude to it with Tucker Carlson, who I know both of you are big fans of. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a great interview. And he talked about many, many things in his career. But I tell you, I loved hearing him talk about he'd go out at night sometimes, especially in Chicago. He'd come right from the bars, right to Wrigley Field, and never missed a single game because he was hungover. You know why? He says, I owed it to my teammates. Can't let the guys down. Gamer, Keith Hernandez. All right, boys, we got uh, James ready to go. Yeah, we do. And also, we have something for James today because we figured that with as much as James comes on, um, he deserved a better introduction. So somebody from our office put something together for him. So, James, this one's for you. Go, go, James Rapine! Go, go, James Rapine! Go, go, James Rapine, you Sports Illustrated beat reporter. Oh, my God. Wow. Who is that? <laughs> Let me just start. James, good morning. Who in the world was a singer on that deal? 
Yeah, who, who was it? Because they sound like me singing, because I'm the worst singer on the planet. But, <laughs> but I a, might be the second worst singer on the planet now. That, that's a Reed Mouse special. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my that's God. Good. I mean, James, where are you going to get that kind of intro to coming on the program? Right? Who doesn't want to watch Power Rangers now after the show, right? You know, after <laughs> you're done, I think I'm going to binge Power Rangers like, it, you know, like I'm seven again. Hey, uh, more importantly, uh, congratulations. <laughs> A recent Thank addition you. to the Rapine household. How's it going? Good, good. O- overall, sleeping is about as well as you can, I think, with a newborn. So, no, she's been, she's been great. She's healthy. Mom's doing well as well. So, yeah, we are, uh, we're certainly excited. Amen, amen. Greatest, greatest gift in the world, no doubt about it. Healthy and happy. Glad everybody's doing all right. And good luck on the sleep. Uh, I just hope there's no colic <laughs> in that future. I remember driving around when I was living in Arizona. I'd get back from broadcasting baseball games. Our daughter was born in July. And uh, I'd get back from games about, uh, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, Without fail, 1 a.m., she'd start crying. I'd have to load her up in the SUV. And I'd be driving around Arizona, the streets of Phoenix, at about uh, from about 1.30 to about 2.30 a.m. just to calm her down, the vibration in the car. Mm-hmm. And they put her back to bed. I wish yeah. I could do it all over again. It's okay. Um, all right, James. Uh, look, everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson. We thought mm-hmm. when he initially got hurt, they were going to be cautious with him, naturally. Uh, but the feeling was he was going to be back for the postseason. Uh, does it appear to you that more and more it's looking like that's not going to happen? It doesn't feel like it, it you know, it, it does. It certainly feels like it's going to be Tyler Huntley on Sunday. And that's really the the sense I got going into last week's game. You, if you're the Ravens, why push Huntley out there? If he's not close to 100% when you know, you're probably playing the Bengals anyways, let's see what Walker brings. Right. And, and it was a, a mixed bag for Walker, but yeah, I think it, it's going to be Huntley this week. Certainly not Lamar. And could I be wrong? Could he, somehow get out there today or tomorrow. I guess so, but it just it does not feel that way. And by the way, I'm not sure I would because the Ravens aren't going to win the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying they can't win on Sunday, but they it's a very very small chance that they would win the Super Bowl even with Lamar Jackson and he's got a lot of money on the line this offseason. So I I think playing it safe for him taking the fact that they're playing the Bengals out of it might be if I was his agent, and I know he represents himself. But if I was his agent, I would probably say, eh, "Let's uh, let's just hold off Lamar because we know what you can do. Don't go out there and, and make your your injury much worse." Look, I know we're going to talk more about the Bengals, but I have found this Lamar Jackson thing so interesting. Not only things that are said, but more importantly, things that aren't said by John Harbaugh. I got to tell you, uh, James, if, if I ran the Ravens, I'm franchising the guy next year. It's been two years in a row where he has been hurt. His style of play leads to the potential of injury more so than a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not a big guy like a Josh Allen or somebody like that. Uh, And if he got tagged, he jumps into what? The top five highest paid players in the league at his position, which would mean about a 30, 35, $40 million payroll. There's no way I'm guaranteeing him a ton of money over a long-term deal based on what's happened on the injury front the last two years. And that doesn't even bring into account the way some of his teammates might look at this whole thing right now. Mm-hmm. I think if they if they lose Sunday, and with or without Lamar, 
they need to look in the mirror as a franchise and decide if they want to continue to go in this direction. And that doesn't mean you can't win with Lamar, but the, the way they've done it, they've prioritized tight ends, the running backs, and win with defense. Well, look at the league. And specifically, look at the AFC playoff picture. And not just the top seeds, right? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, but Herbert, Lawrence. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And what do all of those guys do well? Yeah, they might run, but they also throw it all over the field. And a lot of them have high-end weapons. And the, the guys that don't, you want to get them more weapons to use. This Ravens offense, just it's not that. And so I, I think Greg Roman is out, their offensive coordinator. But I wonder if Lamar's out. I wonder if they do a complete overhaul and say, all right, we're going to move you. And there are a lot of teams that would like Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. And, and you kind of do a reset. I'm not sure they'll do that. I would certainly consider it. Unless you just say, all right, let's get him some weapons. So, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot on the line, and uh, that's why if you're the Bengals, you want to get off to a quick start because there's there's a lot of questions, I think, about this Ravens team, and there could be a lot of changes made uh, when they lose at some point in the postseason. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be Sunday. I just I don't think they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's the third time these teams have met this year. Uh, they've split the first two. You could certainly make a very strong case. It had the Bengals not gotten cued inside the five-yard line and, and done a couple, of, a couple of play calls there that they could have, should have, would have won that first game. They didn't, so end of story. Uh, but generally in division games uh, all over the NFL, when you're seeing teams twice, now a third time, they tend to be very tight games are you expecting that even if it's Hundley or Brown or whomever's a quarterback are you expecting a tight contest Sunday night I think it's going to be a one score game and it'll probably feel a lot like it, at least this is how I, I think it's going to feel a lot like it did last year against the Raiders where the Bengals should control it because they're more talented and I think Joe Burrow seeing this defense for a third time, seeing McDonald's defense, their new defensive coordinator for Baltimore, a third time, that's going to help him a lot. And he kind of solved Don Wink Martindale's defense and, and really carved it up by the end of last season. Well, the Ravens moved on, and I think you could argue that Joe Burrow got Don Wink Martindale fired, who is now doing pretty well with the Giants. But Martindale didn't adjust much, and so – that chess match between this Ravens defense and Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense is certainly interesting, but I give the edge to Burrow because he's seen them twice now and going into this third match should be able to, uh, to find their weaknesses and, and exploit them a little bit. So no, I, I do think it's going to be tight. It's a divisional game and in these divisional games are always weird and unique and, and they know each other so well, but I expect not sure if it's going to happen. My expectation is for the, the Bengals to control this game because they're at home. They have the better quarterback, regardless of who, of who lines up at quarterback for the Ravens. And they have the better weapons. And the defenses are pretty comparable. The offenses aren't. The Bengals have the edge, but the defenses are pretty comparable. So they should control this game, and uh, we'll see if they can do that. Um, the inconsistencies, and look, there are a myriad of reasons why. I mean, just turn back the clock to last week. I think everybody who watched that game, once the Bengals got out to the 17 nothing lead, there was a you know, very conservative and not showing a lot and all those kinds of things. But one thing that cannot be denied is the inconsistency 
of the offense as a whole, where the defense has been consistent all year long, especially when teams get inside the red zone, they hold them to field goals rather than touchdowns. Are you concerned about what basically has been since about week 14? They'll play a good half, they play a bad half, you know, or, or a bad half, then a good half. Are, are you at all concerned about where this team is offensively, even with all of the big stars and so forth? Not concerned, but I, I'm I'm curious to see how they come out now against the Ravens, who are going to be the best defense they face in the AFC playoff bracket. And I've, I've really tried to hammer that home all, all week long. The Chiefs, their defense is not this Ravens defense. Uh, any of these teams, the Chargers, not this Ravens defense. And that's probably the the second best defense they could potentially face. The Bills do not have this Bills, uh, this, excuse me, Ravens defense. And so they're going to be tested. And so do I, I expect the Bengals to just go up and down the field? I don't. I think that that's, that's something you're going to need, whether it's in Buffalo or in Kansas City, if you face those teams later in the postseason. But this one is going to be a little uglier. And from a consistency standpoint, and they did that outside of the one turnover last week, and, well, there, there was a face mask that should have been called, so it shouldn't have mm -hmm. even been a turnover. The, the consistency I think they need on Sunday it's not going to be up and down pretty the entire game. Jamar Chase running free for, for touchdowns. They score 40. I don't think it's going to be that. It's still going to be pretty ugly. I think this game will be in the 20s and teens. And don't turn it over. Be consistent in that way. And end on a kick. If you can end those every possession on a kick, I think you have a really good shot because this Ravens offense, yeah, they're going to have Mark Andrews back. Yeah, they're going to have J.K. Dobbins. They're still not super scary, and you expect – like you said, this Bengals defense to do their job. So that's the consistency I need to see this week. But to your point, if the Bengals are going to go where they need to go and are hoping to go, all of those things, then they're going to need to be more consistent and in, in move the ball up and down the field. Like we've seen it during you know, halves in spurts, but not throughout an entire game. So maybe we see that this week. I just think it's going to be tough because that Ravens defense is really tough. I know you watch a lot of the game film stuff and, and probably have gone back uh, even in recent fatherhood the last number of days and, and watched <laughs> some of the tape. Um, would you consider identity and sharping, uh, and maybe it's, it's split between the two, would you consider mm -hmm. them to be better in the run game or the pass game? I think that uh, I, I would say pass game. Sharping's tough to say. I, I would say Akeem identity. The, the drop-off between him and Lyle Collins. The, it, it's not a huge in the pass game, but you could certainly notice it in the run game. And that's that's one of those things, especially in a week like this, where you'd love to be able to get the run game going, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to. And this really isn't anything against Sharping, but Kappa was a great run blocker and has been such a huge part of what they've done uh, through the air and on the ground, it's just, it's going to be tough to fill those shoes. And so can you just get competent right guard play from Sharping? I think that's a realistic expectation and that's what the Bengals expect. And that's great, but that's still not what you're getting from Kappa. You're getting more than that. And he, he's been their best offensive lineman. So it's, it's a big loss. That right side is certainly not where, uh, you were hoping it would be this time of year because you were hoping it would be Collins and, and Kappa and, uh, you know, Kappa goes down last week and that's his, big of a loss as you can have on, on this offensive line. But I do think Sharping's capable. He's played in some big games, 33 career starts, playoff games. So I, I do think he's going to, to be able to hold down the fort, but it's not going to be the same without 
without cap out there for sure. Has there been any, I, I haven't read it anyway, maybe I missed it. Is there any feeling that Kappa has a chance to come back? Not this week, but should they advance mm-hmm. next week against uh, the winner uh, in Buffalo? Well, put it like this. Trey Hendrickson, I thought, was going to be out till maybe now. And Sam Hubbard, same thing. I thought yep. he was going to miss you know, more games than he did. And so this ankle, it's, it's weird, right? It, it's unique because you, you have a, you know, all the swelling and everything like that. But I haven't heard from anyone that anything's broken. And so if, if nothing's broken, then I, th- I think that there's at least a chance. Now, some have already ruled him out. That's fine. Okay. But it's a long time. Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57 is a long time from now. So could he return for that? Could, could he return in, you know, I mean, that's four weeks. I think there's a shot. So I'm not willing to rule him out yet, but it, it doesn't seem likely and it stinks and it goes back into the, all the coin flip stuff and everything like that. I don't think Kappa would have been out there otherwise. So that part of it really, really stinks going into the playoffs, losing a guy like that. Uh, nothing to be worried about. Higgins was uh, out yesterday, an illness, whatever that is, uh, not a lot of details. And then, and then Camp Taylor Britt still nursing a, a, a sore groin. Other than that, they look pretty good and everybody ready to go all hands on deck. Yeah, I think so. And uh, Dave Lapa mentioned a uh, hit pointer for T Higgins uh, earlier in the week. He, I think he did on Bengals line with Lance McAllister. So we'll see there the Bengals listed T out with an illness yesterday. So hopefully he can practice today. Hopefully he's uh, he's healthy. And, and part of the illness is this time of year. You just don't want the guy around other other guys and getting other people sick. So I totally get it from the, the Bengals perspective. So We'll see there. But, yeah, I think he'll still play. And same same goes for Cam Taylor-Britt. So they are relatively healthy uh, outside of Kappa. That's the one. But uh, Hendricks and Hubbard, the, both of those guys are back. And, and honestly, I think Hubbard's going to be even better this week than he was last week. It was his first mm-hmm. game back. It was a weird week. I think he's uh, going to take a, a step or two forward and, and look like the guy we saw that was having a career year prior to his injury. All right, James, thanks as always for your time, my friend. We really appreciate it. I mean, you got the big, uh, the, the big music video intro, so uh, I, I'm sure you loved day, it. Uh, it, is, is, it. It can't get any better than this. I love the creativity behind it. It was Power Rangers theme, sign me up, and then uh, callbacks to some, some different video bloopers. I loved it, man. So, All yeah, right. thank you. Appreciate All it. All right. All right. <laughs> James, thanks as always for your time. James Rapine, he's on the Bengals beat uh, morning, noon, and night. And the Bengalis v. Ravens at 8 o'clock. All right, we're going to take a quick break in about uh, five minutes. Vach Lombardi returns. Fired up to have the big fella. The pressure in Dallas. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The pressure in Dallas for the big one on Monday night against Tom Brady. As my son likes to say, Brady is the GOAT the go Brady now there's the leader of men gentlemen take it away All right. it's that time of the show the ham and eggers these guys are great trust me I would know I introduce all the best segments and ooh, look at that we just got a hanger today yeah just a little hanger <clears throat> Casey how you doing I'm doing good uh, especially after last night um had a really good night betting Okay, so I want to I want to ask you something. We got enough time here while Tom's in the bathroom to talk about this. Yeah. Now that we are today is January twelfth. We're twelve days into this whole 
betting thing in, in the state of Ohio and you were new to this, what has been your first impressions of the first 12 days? What have you learned? What have you not learned yet? Do you know what you don't know? Um, my parlays almost hit almost always. Your parlays are so close, man. They're so close. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been taking a lot more straight bets, honestly. Good. Since, since the start, uh, I used to just load up on parlays. And, you know, I'd be up a lot more if I would just keep to my same unit size. Like, I, I was experimenting with different sizes. And I'd be up by, like, three wins on the day. Yeah. But I put different sizes on there, so I'd be down for the day. I'm like, why would I do that? That's dumb. So Agreed. I'm just doing all the rookie mistakes early, getting it out of the way. But, like, last night was really good. I stayed with the same unit size the entire time, went up by, like, four wins. So I'm up really, really big since yesterday. Yeah, I had a decent night last night. I, uh, I was on Missouri. That lost terribly. That was my pick of the day. And it, it looked – oh, man – so they were losing by 18. I had Missouri plus four. It was my pick of the day. They were looking great. Or they were looking terrible. Then they were looking great. They, they rallied. They were losing by 18 and a half. They got it back. They were down by four. Then they lost by 18. Ooh. So, you know, wasn't great. But it's all right. Still way up on the day thanks to Texas. Sniped that one live. Got that the, one with the money line. Got, got in when that, Texas was about plus 230, something like that. Yeah, I got in a little late. I got in plus 120. Yeah. Oh, so I, I staggered in. I got in around 145. Then they gave up another bucket, went up to like 230. So I, I kind of I kind of staggered my way in and uh, ended up okay. Ended up ended up having a, a pretty good night. Yeah. Any but, night that you're not down is a good night. Yeah. Even if you're only up half a unit. Yeah, and if you, the viewer, yes. want to also experience this type of winnings. Bedford Sportsbook. Betfred Spokesbook and join our Discord. We are constantly posting oh, winners. Oh, true. In there. I'll put the link in the chat. Constantly posting winners. So please check us out on Discord. Um, sometimes we post our stuff on TikTok. Please join our TikTok. We're still doing the promotion. Um, follow us on TikTok. Get a chance to enter in our giveaway for the Bengals tickets. And uh, is it the same for Discord too? Join the Discord for the same thing? Discord. 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 Can't have a show. Can't have a morning without Discord. Absolutely not. I do believe that's the same thing Are you on Discord. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. But, um, yeah. So, please, join so us. So, if TikTok. you jump on TikTok, does that mean that, uh, that you're, um, you're um, uh, subjecting yourself to the Chinese Communist Party knowing everything about oh, you? Oh, man. Everybody knows everything about us anyway. I'm so sick. Can I go on a little rant for a second? Am I allowed to do this? Because I'm sure this is going to... Politics. This might piss some people this off. This isn't politics. This, this, is is not, this is reality 101. This I, isn't a political issue. I am so sick and tired. So sick and tired of people that get on their phones and they say, Oh, I don't want to use my phone for this and this and this reason. Because it's listening to me. Like the other day we were talking about where to go to lunch. I was on Instagram scrolling through my stories. We were talking about where to go to lunch. And legitimately, the, as we said, let's go to Jersey Mike's, the first thing that I saw on my phone, the first ad that I got was Jersey Mike's. I am so sick and tired of people saying that they don't like that. Do you know how convenient it is for me to talk about something or to search something? And then the first thing that it kicks back onto my phone is exactly what I want to see? 
Why would you not want that? I think it's absolutely terrifying. Why, though? It's, it, it Who is, cares? It is Orwellian. And, I mean, it, it's terrifying. But that's another day, another topic. <laughs> but here's my point. If everybody knows everything about us anyway, they might as well use, they might as well put it to good use and give me my advertisements for stuff I'm going to be interested in. <laughs> well, like we're to the point where everybody knows everything about our, our phones and our locations and the emails and everything else, text, tweets. Everybody knows everything anyway. It's all out there. You can't hide anything. So if they're, it's going to be out there, might as well put it to good use. Give me some ads. Okay. I don't all right. Know. All right. That, that's the beauty of America, or at least part of it anyway. You're allowed to have your opinion on things, and, and, and that's okay. I have a feeling you don't agree with that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with agreeing or disagreeing. It has nothing to do with it. Uh, we got Vacher Lombardi coming up here. Is he ready to go? No. Uh, no. I, okay. But I, we, we did this. Um, I wanted to show this, though, this graphic real quick before he came on because okay. I wanted to know what he thought. Okay. Dan Orlovsky oh, yeah. <laughs> ranks 1 through 14. The NFL playoff starting quarterbacks. And here they are. Mahomes, numero uno, Joe Burrow right behind. Allen, Hurts, Herbert. Has Lamar six, Brady seven. Look where Dak Prescott is. You know, um, I don't agree with that at all. I'm not a big Dak guy. And we'll hear from Botch here in a second. Uh, what he thinks He's not proven he can win the quote-unquote big one. He was awful last week. However much stock you want to put in that game when they were just demolished by the Washington football wizards. Uh, I'm really surprised he has Brock Purdy so far down the list. Um, and Daniel Jones way up on the list. Here is Vach Lombardi. Short notice. We appreciate the big man's time today. How are you, my man? How's life treating you down there? You know, good morning, good morning. We just working. We have to keep working. I probably won't get a break until June. You know, um, Cowboys are going on right now. That'll be over in, you know, February because I said so. You know, college football is over, so I'm about to dive right into draft season. So, you know, we just, uh, we're just busy, you know. Did I just hear you say the Cowboys won't be over your coverage of the Cowboys till February? Did you just say that? Yeah, and everybody in the chat, everybody, you know, backstage, on camera, we know what that means. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, what I'm saying. Oh, well, well, now, come on why? now, Bot. You're not a man to duck the tough questions. We've had you on here before. And by the way, the reason you keep rolling so long into June is because you do a big, huge um, preview of the draft and players and teams, and we'll catch up with you when that time comes moving forward. Um. This is like something out of a movie, hoping this matchup here, but for so many reasons, talking about Dallas and Tampa Bay. You know, sure. uh, Dallas, I was trying to explain to, to the people who watch our show on a daily basis, all the years that I broadcast in the NFL, it is mind-boggling the amount of coverage that the Dallas Cowboys get. And I'm not talking about nationally, I'm talking about just locally. It's mind-boggling how this team is followed. Jerry Jones has his own radio show, The Coach quarterback, everybody and his brother, Aikman weighs in, living down there in Dallas. Um, Dak Prescott, give me in a nutshell, Vach, what you think at the end of the day of Dak Prescott. You just saw Orlovsky has him way down on that quarterback rankings for all the quarterbacks that are going to be in the playoffs. Is that fair, unfair? Your thoughts. Listen, man, my whole thing about uh, Cowboy coverage, 
and how big media covers cowboy coverage. This is where I give you credit. Shouts out to Tom Brennan, right? Is you want to go to like the gritty side of it. you want to go to you know you want to go to the internet side of you know cowboy coverage, right? You don't just want to listen to the sensationalized, you know, some guy. I don't, I don't know how y'all do it by calling names. I call names all the time, but some character on the four letter network go. Ah, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Dak Prescott, you know, and. I think that, you know, you know, that comes with views, that comes with this sensationalism, that comes with, hey, you know, Cowboy fans are watching and when they're upset, they tend to click on us, right? There's this other ex-football player that's on this other network that's, oh, Dak Prescott is ass-ass. Okay, cool. Well, you have to admit something. If you dislike Kellen Moore, if you dislike Dak Prescott, if you dislike CeeDee Lamb, you dislike that offense, somebody got to be good because since he's been back, They've been number one in XYZ categories, right? So, you know, I'm sure if you, you know, put them in a dark room with a broken light, put a gun to their head, but hey, do you like that first guy? Is he a top five quarterback, top eight or so quarterback you? They'll say yes. Um, I say top five, but that's just my personal opinion. If somebody says top six, seven, or eight, I'm not going to argue with anyone. Um, but I like to get into my nuances, right? Because, you know, I'm not just going to let this little argument get away. Hey, why do you have that Prescott ranked here? Is it the numbers? Is it the play? Is it the playoff wins? Because on that list that came out, that Prescott has more playoff wins than seven of those guys. You know, since he's been in the league, he has more wins than about, what, six or so of those guys that are ranked in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, we just talked about numbers. I just said he's number one. Him and the offense are number one in these categories since he's been back. So where is this coming from? Um, As a Cowboys content creator covering the Cowboys, I just do understand that there is hate that comes with the Cowboys, but that's why we're America's team. You know, you know, they can, uh, you know, some, some, Backup tight end gets coverage, or or something, or uh, the uh, backup pass rusher robs a bank, and we care about it, right? Once upon a time, we're like, well, about the 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 Patriots won all these Super Bowls. Why aren't they America's team? Well, because when they're not playing, you don't care about it. Uh, you look on national coverage; they're they're talking about the Cowboys every single day, and even I hate it, you know, because I I think a lot of times they go out there and they give this uh, half-ass attempt at Cowboy coverage. You know, I watch film, like I watch the broadcast view. Then the broadcast view again, all 22, all 22, two more times offense and defense, right? So I got a really good idea of what's going on. And every time I watch film, I find something different. You mean to tell me some analysts on some four-letter network watched the game one time and maybe wrote something down and they may have been texting their friend or they may have been eating hot wings or they may have been arguing with their wife and they come away with a with a with an accurate you know, you know, uh, summary of what's going on on the field. No, no, no that, that's that's not the case here. So um, I really don't care what, uh, what what big media has to say. If Dan Orlovsky think, thinks that Daniel Jones is better than Dak Prescott, knock yourself out, bud. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, when, when you watch the film, and look, the Bengals played Tampa Bay this year. Um, they looked good for a half, and then they were awful for a half. Uh, you got to go way back to the first week of the season when the Cowboys lost at home 19-3, to I think it was, to the Buccaneers, and that's a game where Dak broke his thumb. And, you know, Dallas has obviously been good since then. Tampa Bay's been mediocre at best since then. In fact, since then, they've been a 500 team. Um, but when you watch the film, what concerns you about Tampa Bay? Tampa's not good, man. Uh, and that's what concerns me, actually, because uh, the, the Cowboys are one of these teams where they play down to competition, right? My offense in particular, right? You know, the Cowboys can drop 40 on this Eagles defense. They can, you know, go and drop, uh, you know, 40 on the Vikings. You know, they'll really get up for these bigger games, right? Uh, but then when it's time to play, 
you know, uh, insert Houston, Texas, insert Washington football wizards, they kind of yawn a little bit. They go, all right, cool, we'll get past the Washington football wizards. Now, look, if that's going to be the case, that's fine, because when you get to the playoffs, we don't really have bad teams when we get there. But the NFC South is so bad this year, they just happen to be a bad team in the playoffs this year, and the Cowboys got to be the one to play them week one. Uh, so if I think if the Cowboys were playing any of these bigger teams, I think they would – you know, hype themselves up, coach themselves up into playing well versus that good team because that's the evidence. That's what that's what what you know we've been seeing. But when we roll out against these bad teams, then I think that's what's going to end up happening. So I think, and you know, y'all can call me Homer, whatever. Shouts out to y'all in the chat box. Thank y'all for tuning in to being here. But even you guys can agree that when the Cowboys are on, they're on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when they're off, they're off. You know, when 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 the Cowboys are doing Cowboy things, they can beat any 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 team in this league, and I stand by that. Um, this this Eagles defense with 15 Pro Bowlers that goes out there 24 for 24 versus zone coverage three touchdowns beats them drops 40 on them uh, but you know we 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 shell up versus the uh, Washington team there so I, I think that when we get to the playoffs once we get over this Tom Brady hurdle all the games are going to bring that anxiousness back oh we got the Eagles let's go hey let's get up to beat the Eagles all oh, the 49ers I'm terrified of them let's go beat the 49ers uh, but my 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 fear now is that we're going to play down to the Tampa Bay competition but hopefully. Hopefully Mike McCarthy doesn't let that happen. All right, well, Mike McCarthy. Uh, Jerry Jones comes out uh, earlier in the week. They have full confidence in Mike McCarthy. But you and I both know, Botch, the way it is down in Dallas, if, if things don't go the Cowboys' way, and you just acknowledge it, it, it's a fair argument that there have been games this year where when Dallas plays really good teams, the Cowboys tend to play well. When they play the middle-of-the-road teams or below-average teams, as you said, they drop down to their competition level. So, if, if things don't go well for the Cowboys on uh, Monday night, is Mike McCarthy in trouble? Should he be in trouble? I'm not sure, you know, because Mike McCarthy can do things like, you know, win four games with Cooper Rush. You know, he can, he, can, he can do things like that. You know, he can unify, you know, he can unify a locker room. He can take a locker room that quit on the previous coaching staff and, you know, make those dudes not quit on him. I, I do think Mike McCarthy's good at some of those things. And I, I, I really fear the whole grass is greener thing, right? Because you can have Mike McCarthy, you can have Keller Moore, you go, hey, man, these dudes – Win you football games. These dudes get you double-digit wins back-to-back, playoff appearances back-to-back. You know, these guys have you number one in these categories. But, man, like, what if we quit to go find something better and we end up getting worse? You know, that's that's my my big worry about that. You know, I do think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I, I think he brings championship pedigree to the Cowboys, right? But um, I, if we're going to win, I think it's going to have to be by the players, honestly. It's, uh, this, this defense that hasn't been as top five as they once was, they're going to have to be top five again. Um, and Dak Prescott's going to go out there. And the whole Dak Prescott turnover thing is overblown. I just think it's a it's a reason for people to have conversation about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott isn't notoriously a turn-the-ball-over guy. Uh, PFF, which I don't always go to PFF for their grades, but I like their weird number stats. Uh, out of Dak Prescott's 15 or so interceptions, like seven of them wasn't his fault. And that's, that's, that's according to them. Y'all can look it up yourself. Um, so... I like aggressive deck. I like push the ball downfield deck. I just need my, you know, if we drop 40 on the Eagles, I just don't need my defense to give up 35, if that yeah. makes sense. So, well, that, um, that's what I was going to ask you, Vach, is, it, it, you know, when the, when, when the Bengals and the Cowboys play, and again, you know, that's one week after the Tampa Bay game. So it's the second week of the year. Uh, the Bengals were, you know, putting together four-fifths of a brand-new offensive line. Micah Parsons is running all over the place. Uh, uh, you know, quarterback sacks, blah, blah, blah. 
what what has happened to that defense uh, since you know early in the year, as you mentioned, that they were top five? Is there anything in particular that you see uh, that's kept it from being as dominant as it was early in the year? Well, you know. You know, teams and units are going to go through change over 17 games. You know, uh, you know, guys get hurt. Uh, you know, teams watch film on you and figure out how to beat you. And then once they figure out how to beat you, we make the adjustments. You know, um, you know, once upon a time, teams just used to throw at Trey Diggs all day. We're just going to throw the ball at Trey Diggs. And Trey Diggs gets 14 and the teams stop throwing the ball at Trey Diggs. Now he has to figure out how to, you know, not get double moved when they do go at him, right? Um, you know, Michael Parsons is a guy that, hey, you know, we're just going to hold the ball all day. Joe Burrow did it. We're just going to hold the ball all day and just throw the ball deep on Dallas all day. And then sacks happen, right? And then you got to go, all right, well, let's get rid of the ball quickly. So I think the Cowboys have to get home because teams scheme mm. on the fact that, hey, those dudes get home. Um, but the Cowboys are still top five. They second in sacks right now, uh, but they're but they're still top in quarterback hits and pressures. So the pass rush is still a great pass rush. It's just your job as a team, as a coach, you know, um, a coaching unit or whatever, to you know take those Dallas strengths and superpowers and go. All right, man, we can't let Michael Parsons beat us. If you just walk into a game, you're not worried about Michael Parsons. Then he's gonna destroy you, or D Law or Doris Armstrong. They destroy you. But now it's the end of the year. It's week. What, 19? It's week 19 yeah. now. So now we've got this long whiteboard of people that we need to be worried about and people that we're not so worried about. So uh, we played 17 games for a reason. You know, things are going to change throughout the year. It's just Dallas's job, Dan Quinn's job, the defense's job to go, all right, that's their chess move. This needs to be ours for us to get back to success. So at the end of the day, Vach, if I hear you right, you think Big D gets by Tampa Bay on Monday night and advances on to the next round more than likely. That would mean a date with Philadelphia more than likely. 100%. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, this game is about matchups, you know. Watching watching Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it, it has been a weird thing, you know, because they'll go out there and be terrible for four quarters, you know, four quarters in 10 minutes. But then if the game is close at the end, Versus these bad teams, versus these Arizona teams, these, you know, Falcons teams, uh, Panthers or whatever. It just it, it it come down to, like, one drive at the end of the game. Sure, Tom Brady will pull out all of his magic points and, you know, try to win there. Uh, but I think if you get the game out of Tom Brady's reach, I think that's how you beat him, right? So I don't think this is on the Cowboys' defense this week. I think it's on the Cowboys' offense. I think if Dak Prescott and company, if they go out and they're efficient, they give Tony uh, – uh, Please give Tony Pollard football. They give Tony Pollard football. They ignore Zeke. They throw to the good guys. They don't throw to the bad guys. You know, <laughs> if Dak if Dak throws the ball to the other team being aggressive, I'll take a Dak interception as long as I get three Dak touchdowns. I can live with you know Brett Favre football, um, or Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes football. But I don't know what's up with that. Um, I can I can live with that if we put up. 28, 35 points by the end of the day because I don't think the Tampa Bay offense yeah. is going to be able to score that much. The past couple of weeks, I don't think they've passed 20, uh, but they throw the ball with Tom Brady the most in the league. So, uh, yeah, I got I got Cowboy win unless Cowboys get in their own way. All right. Okay, Botch. Well, you're the man. I can't thank you enough for taking the time on short notice to come join us today. Uh, everybody wait, 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 watching wait, wait, that game. Go ahead. Go ahead. You going to call wait, me an old wait, man again or what are you doing now? I will not. I will not. So you already did. Uh, well, okay, old man. Cool. Uh, so y'all are college football guys, right? So, so uh, what do y'all think about the whole TCU debacle? What do you, what well, do you, let, let me tell you something, Botch. I I have skin in the game. Uh, you don't know this, mm -hmm. but I have a daughter that's in college at TCU. 
So yeah, it, has yeah. been, uh, it has been a lot of fun to be a part of that whole ride through the season. Sonny Dykes has done an unbelievable job down there. Uh, they earn their way into the college football playoff. There are others uh, who feel like they should have been there. Uh, I think it's safe to say at the end of the day, uh, if you watched the season uh, outside of a hiccup here, a hiccup there for all the teams that play college football, um, no contest the two best teams were Georgia and Ohio State. That should have been the national championship game. So do you think with these college football playoff selection committees, right? I'm, gonna ask, I'm just going to ask you this question, right? Do you think that the playoffs, the 14 playoffs, I don't want to go six. I just add more bad teams. Do you think it should be the four best teams or it should be the four teams that lost the least late? Because that's my problem with it, right? They they yep. they make this the four teams that lost the least lately. And that's how you get teams that end up sneaking in the back. And look, every single year, we get the same stuff, right? We'll get these UCF fans and be like, hey, uh, can we play? But they get beat by some SEC team in the um, O'Reilly uh, Auto Parts Bowl or something like that. You know what I mean? Cincinnati was, was a team like that. You know, yep. Notre Dame will sneak in because they haven't really had that test in Alabama or smoke them, right? Should, should it not be a situation where we go, hey, look, I understand Alabama lost two games this year. They're in the SEC. They're top opponents that they lost to. That wouldn't have happened to them. Like last Sunday, like Alabama wouldn't have lost by 50 in front of everybody. Right? Well, Shouldn't right. that be the case? I, I don't think there's – and I think that's why, Vach, you're going to 12 teams. Uh, you, you can say there are going to be some crummy teams in there, but I think what you're going to do is, to your point, is you're going to weed out the teams that ultimately don't belong there UCF, whoever it might be, I thought TCU deserved to be there. They were undefeated until they got to the, the Big 12 championship game. That was an unbelievable game down in your neck of the woods down there. They had earned the right to be in the top four. So during the year did Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, look, Michigan was undefeated. Ohio State had one hiccup. Every team's going to have a hiccup. Georgia was undefeated. Alabama had their chance. I mean, in the crossover this year, they didn't play Georgia this year. They lost to Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Are you kidding me? You, me, and nine other dudes could have beaten that team this year. So, I mean, come on. Come on. Alabama can scream and watch. I just want to know, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. I just, I just read this yesterday. Whoever the head coach is at Syracuse, what's his name? Do you know? Fella, fella, I'm drawing yeah, a blank. Oh I mean, he did a hell oh of a job this year. They were better than sure. they've been in years. So, obviously, the guy's a good coach. But one thing he is not is somebody who should be getting a vote as to what the top 25 looks like at the end of the year in the final poll. That guy put Ohio State seventh. Are you kidding me? How does that guy get a vote? Seventh? Behind who? Georgia? Okay. Michigan, okay, they beat them, right? We're going to 12 games. You're going to weed out all that nonsense. 12 teams. But, you know, I even think, though, in, in, in college football, all right, listen, we, we have to sit down and be adults, right? We have to sit down and go, okay, listen, I understand Ohio State lost to Michigan, all right? Ohio State's a better team than Michigan, but we but we know this. Like rivalry, you know, rivalry games do, you know, weird things happen, you know, playing up to competition, weird things happen. To my to my Bama point, right? Every team gives Alabama their best shot, just like Cowboys sometimes, right? Well, they do. But you Alabama sound like an Alabama was, homer, Vach. You sound like an Alabama homer. 
I actually don't have a, a college football team. I like coaches. I like schemes. I like players. Um, but just my whole thing is the first thing that just popped in my mind is there is this narrative that Alabama didn't belong there, but the team that was there, it wouldn't happen to them. You know what I mean? So I just got questions. All right. Okay. Let me ask you one draft question before I get you out of here, because we were talking about this on Tuesday after the national championship game on Monday night. Okay. Stetson Bennett. All right. We've reached no. a point in the NFL uh, you know, there was a time there, and I've heard Sean Payton talk about this, where when Drew Brees signs as a free agent, Brees was not a big man, not like the Josh Allens and the Joe Burrows and the Dak Prescotts, on and on and on, Herberts of the world. Uh, but Brees was one of the all-time greats. So whatever you're shaking your head. You, you're already answering the question. No chance Bennett gets a shot in the NFL? None? I mean, he can get a shot in the NFL. I mean, you know, you know, Pat White got a shot in the NFL. You know, uh, you know, you know, pick one of these TCU quarterbacks that that uh, they got a shot. Yeah, he'll he'll get a Josh Dobbs play. Wait a minute, right Andy now. Dalton had a pretty good run in the NFL. Now, hold on now. He took no, he took no, no, he no, took him, six teams to the playoffs. Come on. Come on. Not him. It was not him. It was it was one of these other TCU quarterbacks, little running quarterbacks, but they went to the league and played tight end or something. One of those guys, right? Whatever. Long story short, listen, uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, right? They're the exceptions. You know, they're not the norm, you know, and and the and the thing about Tom Brady and Drew Brees, they make people feel like the non-talent dude. You know, their their talent shoulder up. I'm talking about shoulder down guys, right? Like they they make people feel like the low talent dude. Can have a shot, and every time we see one of these low talent dudes, what we say? Oh, he could be Tom Brady or Drew Brees. But for every dude that could be Tom Brady or Drew Brees, there's 300 other dudes in that same archetype that end up not working out. Right? This, this, ha you have to have arm talent. You have to have, uh, you know, you know, legs. You, I mean, run. You know, you have to have some type of. You, you got to give me more. And look, shots out to Stetson Bennett, but he's had some of the best college football teams around him of all time. Right? All he got to do is throw the ball. He has made some throws. Shots out to Stetson Bennett. He's made throws, but these have been wide open ass throws, or these have been schemed open throws, or his defense will bail him out of some nonsense, right? I just, I, you know, at the end of the day, you can win college football games. Tim Tebow's probably the best college football quarterback of all time besides Joe Burrow or whatever, right? But when you get to the league, things just get different, man. And, you know, just because you were this dude in college, this good college quarterback guy, we stopped looking at what you did in college and we just look at your traits. Stetson Bennett ain't got traits. Shots out to him. Um, Duggar, TCU, shots out to him. But I don't think he's going to be a college – I don't think he's he's going to be a pro football. He just ain't got the traits. He's a good player for this level. But traits. But, you know, that's my answer. You know, All right. You know, sorry I mean, for, uh, uh, Paul Bonds is beating down our guys at TCU. He's beating them down. I can't believe he's beating them down this bad. One of the great stories in recent memory, and he's kicking them – he's just kicking them down. All right, how about this though? How about this though? One more. You know who 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 has a whole bunch of traits? C.J. Stroud. And when you watch him, you see the traits, and you go, "Hey, that dude is yeah. a college. That dude is a that dude is an NFL quarterback." You look at Stetson Bennett and go, "Yeah, maybe, right?" And then these dudes in college, if you look at them and guarantee that they're pro level quarterbacks, they still may not even be good. So I'm always taking the talent and not the. Well, I'll sport. tell you the dude that I'm not sold on, and a lot of people are apparently, Vach, and you've watched him, uh, is the kid out of Kentucky. Now he matches the prototypical big, strong, you know, Levis, Will Levis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I look at a guy like him, and again, I'm no evaluator. I'm not going to pretend to be one. Uh, I have this conversation with Brian Billick all the time. 
Um, I, I look at C.J. Stroud and I look at Will Levis and I say, are you kidding me? And there are a lot of people that tell you that they think Will Levis is a better player. I don't see it. Maybe you see it. So there's this new thing in the National Football League where offense coordinators makes it, you know, they make it easier for these dudes that have talent, right? So shouts out to Bills fans, by the way. And, and what I'm going to say in 2023 may sound away, but, you know, they, they, you know, they would think that this Josh Allen was bad thing was a narrative. It wasn't a narrative. Josh Allen was terrible. But he had this baseline set of traits that some dude that takes players could take those traits and he could fix small things. And now Josh Allen is a, is a, is a good player, right? I think that's what they're seeing with Levis. To be fair, that might be what they're seeing with the kids from uh, Florida, uh, um, Richardson. Yeah. He's not a good player right now, but he has traits. And if you have traits, these pro-level coordinators, these pro-level scout guys, they can take those traits and do something with them, right? My whole thing about Stetson Bennett is Stetson Bennett ain't got none of those traits. Like, Will Levis has many more traits than Stetson, yes. regardless of who looks like the better quarterback right now. Yes, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, Vodge, great catching up with you. We get closer to the draft, or if the Cowboys uh, can sneak by this week, uh, we'd love to have sneak. you come back. I, I tell you, I, Vodge, sure. I think they're in trouble. I think they're in trouble. I got to tell you, I think they're in trouble. That's just me. Well, that's okay. And you know, whenever I come back, and if the Cowboys win, I will, uh, I will, I will show up with a great vengeance and uh, furious anger and put on a good show for your uh, for your audience there. So, I'll buy you a three way of Skyline Chili or Gold Star Chili. <laughs> Appreciate it. Y'all go. All right, buddy. Great to see you, Botch. All the best. Godspeed ahead. Great dude. Love having Botch on. Now there's a guy that brings it. Well, we talk so much on this show about finding the right guys from the internet. You know, you go and you get Zim Hude, and you go and you get guys like Vach. We've had other guys, Big Low Country. Yeah, Big Low, love that guy. Me too. I love wish they'd have made a playoff so we could have had him back. Big Low Country. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's always a delicate balance, right? We get guys like James. He gives you the more serious and more in-depth information in a short period of time. Vach has got a little bit more character, but he's he's just as knowledgeable. And yeah, I mean, um, if anyone has uh, recommendations at all, put them down in the comments. I'm always searching for people to bring on the show. Yeah, um, we we have Engraven for tomorrow. The Ravens guy we had on a couple, uh, not a couple weeks. It's been a, a month or two now. Yeah, but he's really good. Um, that'll be a really good a good interview to have. Um, but yeah, so. We always are thankful for Vach on short notice, too. Really, uh, really nice to him. You mentioned in uh, uh, Graven's coming on with us tomorrow. That guy was great, and we had him early in the year. I mean, he, he is all dialed in on what's going on in Baltimore. So he will bring a unique uh, perspective with, with a lot of depth, I'm sure, as to what's happening with this, um, you know, Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, you know, uh, they signed Roquan Smith to this huge contract two days ago. He, by the way, was named the uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Month today. Joe Burrow, most people felt, would have won again. It would have been, I think, the third time this year, right? Player of the Month, Offensive Player of the Month. But, uh, you know, they had the game uh, with Baltimore, I mean, with uh, Buffalo that didn't even last a quarter. And, you know, I, I, I have to say, um, in, in my days announcing the NFL, one of the guys that always caught my eye, guy's just a hell of a player, was Jarek McKinnon. And he has been through, I believe, two if not three major knee injuries with ACL stuff, cut loose. You know, he signed a big deal with leaving Minnesota, going to San Francisco, got hurt. 
Uh, and then Kansas City takes a flyer on him. I thought that was a guy the Bengals should have taken a long, hard look at. And this isn't Monday morning quarterbacking here. Uh, he's just a, he's a tough dude. He cares. He's very talented. He's come all the way back. Uh, and he was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Month today for how well he is playing in Kansas City. Yeah, he won a few fantasy leagues for some people. He, would you be one of them? My fiance, my fiance, but she didn't. She didn't quite make it to the championship. I actually dethroned her, but she got to wait, that you, point. Wait, wait, hold on, that sorry. was the most subtle dig. What I've did ever you heard. just say? I dethroned my fiance from getting a chance at winning the fantasy football championship. Wow. How did that go over? Not very well. Because I will say this. This is, this is We don't really cover fantasy in this show at all. But if we did, oh, man, it was really tough. Because the championship week was also the day that betting became live. Mm. And you know where my focus was? Betting. Betting. You know what I didn't set? What? Any of my lineups. Yes. Lost every single championship game so that's in three of them yeah so that's why i stopped playing fantasy football i just couldn't i don't care i just my interest level once i started betting like two three years ago my interest level just shot because i could spend a hundred dollars on an entry fee for fantasy football for a whole season or i could bet four twenty five dollar games on a sunday and get right. the same value out of it or I got to spend a whole season waiting on maybe seeing that money back. So does in fantasy football, I've never been a fantasy football player. Um, fantasy football ends when the regular season ends, right? Yes. Yeah. So you actually back up and have the playoffs with like, what, four weeks left in the regular season, something like that. Am I right on that? Yeah. That's yeah. why people get screwed over at the very end when people like say your quarterback is Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals had sat all their players on Sunday, then you get screwed because you might have a great team, but if you have a really really good team, you might have a quarterback that. So like if you had Jalen Hurts, I mean you you were in a world of hurt. Tough, you right? Had him yeah. during the regular season, he's racking up all and, kinds of points, and then you got him and you go in and he gets hurt and he doesn't play just, for three weeks, right? But you know, I, I I did have him in one of my leagues, so I was hurting. <laughs> But, you know, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Um, she definitely would have won. Um, I just somehow snuck one away from her. It was tough. But um, I, I maybe in the future we'll do a fantasy show. It won't be super long because there's not much to talk about in fantasy except for sneak picks or the week and pickups and whatnot. But. I did. Fill, I always enjoyed it. I, I did fill a spot last year on one of my friends' leagues. They needed one more guy, so I filled a spot, drafted, never checked my lineup, never checked, never changed anything, declined every trade I was proposed, just stuck with my guys, right? Drafted my team, I rolled with my guys. Turns out about eight, nine weeks in, they were like, hey, we have a punishment. And I said, I'm not doing a punishment. I didn't check this thing one time this year. So I started actually trying in the league. Ended up going like 6-2 and two to end the year, but I had already lost like, oh, like I was like, oh, for my first eight. So it didn't matter. That's tough. Tough. You know, there is a guy who has a punishment that hasn't quite fulfilled it yet. That's true. In this office, Reed Mouse is to swim the great Miami. What happened? 
I'm not exactly sure what the story is. But I don't know I'm, what the story is. Reed can say it tomorrow. Wait a minute. You just brought it up. You can't bring it up and say, I don't know what the story is. He's got to swim to Miami is. for some I mean, some come reason. on. That's like we'll saying, that's like saying, hey, I heard something well, about, can come you know, in here. He can come Susie in here. over there. Reed can come in here. He's out here. He's outside listening to the show. If he wants to come in, he can come in. Or else he can do it on the box lunch tomorrow. For yeah, some reason, know. he's got to swim across the river. Alex know. says it still haunts her to this day. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was not fair. It can't haunt her that much. She's still marrying you in June. It's true. Right? So it can't be that bad. I'm in the cat house. There he is. There he is. Reed, I mean, Get you know, I, mic, I think Reed. it's unfair. Reed going to join us uh, here Reed. real quick. Um, you know, it's Bush on? League what they just did uh, to say, well, I heard something about Reed Mouse. And then the second you ask him, uh, well, I'm not sure I have the whole story. You know what they're talking about? Me swimming across the Great Miami? There it is. Love it. So I've made that a bet a few times to, for different reasons, and I'm going to swim across the Great Miami. So every high school football coach in the area, every high school basketball coach constantly asks me, when are you going to swim across the Great Miami? Right. So it's, it's on the docket. I always say it's got to be, it's gotta be nice, and, nice and ripe. The, the new thing is when Baden High School builds a football field, I'll swim across the Great Miami. So that's the bet. That's the bet. So have they built a new football field? They're working on it. Working on it. They need okay. some Tom Brenneman dollars. Does the uh, does um, the little Miami down where I? You talking the Great Miami or the little Miami? The, uh, Tom. I mean, we're talking big rivers. Okay, so that Miami. gets a question I was getting at ultimately because the little Miami runs right down the street for me, mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't get very deep unless it's like today, a ton of rain. You know, you're not going to do it in the winter. You know what I'm getting at here. Right. Is it deep enough to actually swim from one side to – swim without dragging on the bottom at points of it? Well, here in Hamilton, we have two dams to keep it nice, keep the, full. the water level nice and full. And just to make it a little more dangerous, I think I got to swim near the dams just to just to make it a little more dangerous. You mean upriver from the dams? Just right in the middle of the two dams, right here in downtown Hamilton. Right That's not a the, good the idea. Not a good idea That's at all. That's not time. a good idea. I got to do it when it's really cold too, so the body shuts down. It's a down. really, really bad idea. I mean, if you're downriver from both dams, okay. I'd even go and do it with you. You but, a swimmer? Yeah, I love love swimming. Yeah. I never was as a kid, but I had to do it. I've broken all kinds of bones in my legs and that kind of thing and, and so uh, through the years. And so I've had to, to go learn how to swim uh, to get exercise. So, I mean, you know, like this summer, I'd go out a couple of days a week, go a mile, you know, something like swim that. Swim a mile? Yeah. So you run five. Well, I mean, not every day, but a lot of days. And, and, and I mean, I can go out. I mean, I could go out right now and swim a mile. Is a triathlon on the docket no, for you? Not no. A, not an Ironman, just, no, just a little no, guy. No, no chance. None. I'm not in that good of shape. Obviously, just take a look. But I can, I can swim a mile is the point I'm making. But the ultimate point I'm making is I would swim with you if we were below both of the dams. There's no way with currents and all that kind of thing. There is no way on God's earth. How far apart are the dams? Uh, there's one right here on the north side of town, probably about a mile. So oh, got you got a mile. Of, got us plenty of space. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, you and I, come on. We'll, we'll, you got, do you got your swim trunks with you? It's a beautiful day for it. The water's nice and warm. Uh, the water, A, is not nice and warm. And uh, actually, the temperature outside, you could go do it. Yeah. All right. I'm done commandeering your All show. Right. Well, Next it's time. good to hear. Now we well, know. Now we know. And the one thing, too, is, like, 
we have an opportunity here. We could make a documentary out of it, and we could make it a really big deal, promote it. Because it'd be a huge deal around here. Swimming in Miami. Swimming in the little Miami. Well, uh, Nick Kirby, he's going to be doing some stuff with us this baseball season. I mean, he's totally dialed in with the Reds, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. now, now he's on the chat. says we need a live stream of this swim. Well, absolutely. That, if that happens, it would uh, – we would – there would sure. be a huge event. We would we would make it a big deal. I mean, yeah. the funny thing is, it would probably take what a minute to swim across it, maybe <laughs> two minutes. Max. To swim across far across, I mean, it can't be more than it's less than like a quarter of a mile, right? Yeah, I mean, you're talking like maybe a minute, two minutes to swim. Well, I mean, depending it. on the current, I mean, that, the current's a big deal, but no, I mean, it wouldn't take a quarter of a mile. I mean, it'd take you less than less than five minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially for you, Tom. There's no question, a real man. Somebody asked here on the question, six-pack of abs. I can't spell abs. I never had six-packs of abs. Wish I did. No chance. Zero. N-U-N, none. That's for you young guys. I'm too skinny for that. Zachary says, keep an ambulance around. <laughs> the live stream. <laughs> okay. The live stream would hurt yeah. probably. Yeah, that's right. All right. Fred, come through on the odds. It's a good idea. It is a good idea. Reed Mouse, Tom Brenneman, minus 110. Yeah, I know since we've partnered taking? with them, like we, we have opportunities to do promotions with not, them. But... I'm not sure we can uh, have a sanctioned event on Tom Brenneman and Reed Mouse. You're not sure we can or should? I feel like that's something you could probably rig pretty easily. Rig? You mean like a who would finish faster? Yeah. I look, I mean, look at Reed. The guy, the guy's an animal. He's strong and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not competing against that guy. I mean, that's a sure loss for me. I like how you're kind of couching this. <laughs> you're giving him the edge, letting him think, come out here, swim the great Miami, smoke him. You got it. Tom. You might be onto something there. Yeah. <laughs> you might. Yeah. Um, we got the tracer coming up at 1130. Uh, and I mentioned earlier he wants to get into this whole Keith Hernandez book tour interview thing. And, and I'm sure Tracy will have some stories about uh, back in his day when he'd be out with some of the buoys, um, you know, maybe the night before a game, uh, especially at Wrigley where you're playing all the day games back when those guys were playing. Uh, they had just put in the lights in 88. Um, and so we will talk to Tracy about that and a few other things. Were you guys surprised how confident Vach is in A, the Cowboys, B, Dak Prescott? I agree with him a thousand percent. Look, I think Dan Orlovsky does a fabulous job. He seems like a really good guy. Clearly, that list, you want to put that back up? Can you pull that up again? Yeah, I'll pull it back up. I mean, up. seriously, you know, I mean, come on. Come on. Um, I'm not a Dak guy. Okay, and, and there are a lot of people that are, and they would have stats to back up why they are. And, I mean, he just gave you a perfect example, the Philadelphia game. It's 24 out of 24 in that situation he talked about. I mean, and they put up 40. So I'm not a big Dak guy, but there are games where he looks like the best quarterback on the planet. If you just took that into account, that he is capable and has proven 
that on any given Sunday, like the old movie title, Al Pacino, on any given Sunday, you can look like the best quarterback in the NFL. Would you say that about all of these other guys that are listed in front of Dak Prescott, the way Dan Orlovsky ranks them of those that are going to be in the playoffs? Do you think, now we, we've seen Mahomes do it, we've seen Burrow do it, we've seen Allen do it, we've seen Hurts do it. Herbert, I don't think Herbert's better than Dak Prescott. Wow. This is the first time Herbert has led his team to the playoffs. He has been as up and down as it now. Caveat, offensive line decimated. Same old's true in Dallas. They've lost two of their starting offensive linemen for the year. Herbert does not have the track record that Dak Prescott has. Period. End. Never won a playoff game. And his games of monster games are much more spread out than Dak Prescott monster games. Lamar Jackson? Brady, you're just picking on the past. You're not picking on Brady today. Daniel Jones? Geno Smith? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Now, Cousins falls into the Prescott category, where one week, 370 yards, four touchdowns. The next week, what Dak did over the weekend, and like we saw Cousins do this year, um, who was it? That, it was Dallas that boast race, boat raced them, right? On Thanksgiving, like 40 to 3, something like that. Yeah, uh, Dak, yeah. yeah, Dak killed them. Okay, so you, you, get, you get the point I'm making here. I mean, how can anybody, seriously, fellas, how can anybody rank Daniel Jones and Geno Smith? And for that matter, Kirk Cousins. How can anybody put those three guys ahead of Dak Prescott? I could give you Daniel Jones. I can't give you Geno Smith. At least Daniel Jones, you're consistent. I don't. I'm consistent? Out on, what? what? I'm out on Dak. I don't think. Hold Dak's, on. Wait. I don't think Dak's any good. I actually kind of like this list. I'll be Hold honest. On. I would rather have Geno Smith over Daniel Jones. I'll be well, honest. I think Dak Prescott's better than both of those guys. I'll be honest. I I don't think this is a terrible list. What? In fact, if anything, give me Brock Purdy the way he's playing right now. In his career, Daniel Jones does not even have a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. In his career. But we're sitting here talking. I mean, come on. We are sitting here talking about a Cowboys team that... We're, we're seriously sitting here having a conversation about whether this Cowboys team should be worried about the freaking Bucks. Well, that's what only, we the, the, only, the only reason The only reason we're having this conversation is because the guy they're playing against is Tom Brady. Yeah. If they were playing against pick teams from both conferences, okay? If they were playing the Jaguars, the Chargers, okay, uh, on the other half of the bracket, if they were playing Minnesota, who they've already played this year, and quarterbacks like Cousins, Baltimore this week, even with a great defense, but no Lamar Jackson, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Dallas has played the third toughest schedule this year in the NFL. The Bengals, for the record, have played the 17th toughest schedule in the NFL. Dak Prescott, and again, I can't believe I'm sitting here going to bat for Dak Prescott. Um, I mean, come on. Daniel Jones 
has played in 17 games this year. He has thrown 15 touchdown passes. Come on, that's a I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Now, in fairness, one thing he does do extraordinarily well is run the ball. He's run for 700 yards. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I would take – so, if we're going to just look at this one more time, I would take everyone on the left side in order so from what I. they are. It's the right side that I just can't get over. I mean, maybe you put – Yeah, Dak, I'm with you. You put Dak at 8, Daniel Trevor Lawrence at 9, Daniel Jones at 10. I would put Geno at 10 still. And then Kirk Cousins. You and take Geno over Kirk Cousins? Yes. I'd probably uh, uh, realistic, realistically like not trying to be funny here. I'd probably put Dak at eight. Uh, I'd put, I'd put Trevor Lawrence right behind him. I'd keep him at nine. I'd put Kirk Cousins at ten. I'd put Gino at eleven. Have I said Daniel Jones yet? Probably Daniel Jones at twelve. Okay. Not like trying to do a shtick. Like now, actually, in fairness, like, like Dak has thrown 15 picks this year. What? He missed a lot of time. He's thrown 15 picks. Dak? Dak. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm not a Dak believer at all, but yeah. I will give you credit that he's better than all of us. I'm not guys. in the big game. I'm not a big believer in Dak. Yeah. But I still think that, you know, what we've seen from Tampa Bay this year, um, you know, I think Brady, I think everybody would agree. This isn't breaking news. I think Brady has had halves of football, case in point, the Bengals where they look like a real team with a real chance to knock off somebody who's favored. But then there'll be another half. What was it, 11-play sequence? They turned it over four times against the Bengals in 11 plays, right? The, the Bucks, the Bucks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So, you know. But we're going to have our picks tomorrow. We're going to have a guest picker here just for the weekend, kind of like college game day. We're going to have Luke Brenneman in here. Let's go. It's going to be a good time. He thinks he has all the answers. We'll find out how good he is. So is he going to pick every game, or is he just going to do? Because I know We're just going to do the games for this weekend. Oh, no, no, we'll include him, because tomorrow what we're going to do is we're going to create a bracket, and we are going to pick who we think will get to the Super Bowl and ultimately win the Super Bowl. No point spreads. No, yeah. Well, like, I think we can do that. There's a, there's a site that you can do that. I go in and find it. We can kind of do it like what we did with the bowl season. Uh, we can create like a little group and see who gets the most accurate playoff bracket. I'm pretty sure we can do that. I know you can do that in Major League Baseball. That'd be fun. Yeah. And by the way, Casey's going to make a list of the luckiest quarterbacks in the league. The luckiest? Yeah. I can do that. And do that. Bring it in for the yeah. And I'm show. sure I'm sure you'll have uh, Patrick Mahomes at the top of that list, right? Um, as the luckiest, I actually don't think he's the luckiest quarterback. Who's luckier? I'm not saying he's. Not. I'm just out of, out of the the current quarterbacks. Um, Tom Brady has had a really lucky career. Oh, what? He is great. Don't 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 misconstrue what I said. What? Don't misconstrue what Brother. I said. Don't misconstrue what I said. There's a lot that has to go right for you in order to be the goat. And he, there's no taking that away from him. I'm not taking that away from him. We're not going to get into this debate. Tom Brady is the goat. Lord. But he's had a very lucky career. Think about oh, it. Oh my lord. Lordy. 
cut it. I don't. I don't think that's a. <laughs> I oh don't think God. that's a oh stretch at all. Oh. Okay. Patrick Holmes is probably number two. <laughs> but both are great quarterbacks in their own right. You know. But Tom, Tom Brady's Brady. just lucky. No, that is not it. Those are eight that is not combined I... Super Bowls. And that's about, what, 13 or 14 combined Super Bowls. You Bowl guys are misconstruing what I said. Okay, I'm, I'm, I I'm listening. I said that he is the greatest of all time. Okay. He, is, he earns that respect. He's a great player. Maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But, the, in, order, the but, in, order, of all time. but in order to do that, you have to have some luck. And for him to have had, what, nine Super Bowl appearances in his whole career, which is 20-plus years, so almost half of his career he's been in the Super Bowl, I mean, the dude has not – he doesn't know what it's like to sit at home during the playoffs. He's been in it for so long. So to me, he had a really, really lucky deal that he had – Bill Belichick, as his coach, to have one of the greatest defenses stretch, defensive stretches for as long as he did, to have the longevity that he's had. Well, the health part, there's no doubt he's been extremely fortunate. There's, he's and, only had one season where he missed most of the year with an injury. No question about that part. And I would say that when he departed from New England and then joined a team that was pretty much Super Bowl ready, I think that's kind of lucky too. But – you have to get there, right? The, I'm not going to take any of his play okay. away. I'm just saying the circumstances that led to him getting there okay. are kind of lucky. And I would put that as... <laughs> CJ said hit the shot clock. <laughs> All right. Okay. But I will say this. I, I, look, everybody needs some luck. There's no doubt about that. So from a strictly clarification standpoint there is some level of truth to what you were saying it's not completely preposterous i will concede i do i do you do have to catch some breaks right i mean like look at how is like you know marshawn lynch runs the ball there's one less super bowl you miss a field goal there's one less super like yeah you you catch some breaks but you also this is what i always say when people talk about teams that are lucky you're good enough to put yourself in that position Right, and that's all right? I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is people create their own luck, right? Yeah, you create perfectly said, Casey. Okay. Perfectly said. All right. All and right. there we go. That, that, that's, that's how I feel about teams is that they create their own luck. But, like, for example, I'd put Patrick Mahomes at number two because he throws up a ball, just chucks it up like a punt, and he's got one of the greatest receivers of all time catching it and takes it to the house. It's kind of lucky to win your first Super Bowl. Kind of lucky. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we got the Tracer coming up at 1130. Uh, so ponder some of these most recent statements made by one Casey McCollum. We're back. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. 
Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time. And if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, ask about Bartels 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartelsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartels Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Turn when you're in pain. Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. talk a little college basketball here before Tom gets back, which is going to be in a second. Uh, Cincinnati had a great win last night. Tom mentioned one of their best wins of the year. Offense looked great, scored 83 points, made a couple of runs to really se separate themselves uh, last night. I thought they looked really good. I thought their shot selection was great. They shot the ball really well from three. Yeah, I was surprised that they won by like 20 plus points, right? 28. The 28. Yeah, oh, yeah. their biggest lead in the game was 30. They ended up winning by 28. Thought that was a really good win for Cincinnati. Not over a good team, but just that you're trending in the right direction. I mean, look at what Kentucky did a couple of nights ago just because you're playing a bad team. But, and, and to be clear, East Carolina is not anywhere near as bad as South Carolina. So just because you're playing not such a great team doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it takes all that much away from the win. It's just – it's an opportunity for them. You're, you're not in a great part of your schedule. Maybe East Carolina, a couple more bad teams coming up. So if you're Cincinnati, get a chance to get yourselves right, get yourselves in a good position. Xavier, great win last night. And, and I'm to the point with watching this Xavier team that, you know, this is a, a much different Creighton team than they were a month ago. Creighton went on a six-game losing streak, but that was without their best player. And now all of a sudden Creighton's back. They're scoring the ball better. Um, but they've lost two in a row now. They, you got to look at it. Oh, they've lost two in a row after they snapped that six-game losing streak. But it was at UConn and at Xavier. And I saw a stat. I'd have to go back and find it. Of the top teams in the Big East, Providence, Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, um, UConn, what their record is at home. I think there's like four or five combined losses in conference play. So um, I, I'm kind of to the point with this Xavier team where – you know, we've talked so much about the defense this year and how big the defensive issues have been. And, you know, they're one of the best offensive teams in the country. I think the eighth best, seventh best, seventh best right now offensive team in the country, but the 90th best defensive team. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, does that concern you? Well, 
I'm to a point now where I've seen a big enough sample size with this Savior team that I'm not sure if the defense concerns me. Like, yeah, maybe at the end of the season in March, maybe. But I'm to the point where, look at last night, Xavier was losing 70-64 to 64 with about eight or nine minutes left in the game. And they went on a 16-4 run. When it mattered, they got the stops. And so that's where I look at Xavier and I say, they can just flat out outscore everybody. And now they're to a point where they just want to get you into a track meet and they just want to outscore you. But in the end, when it matters, they do defend pretty well. All right, but let and, me ask you this. Let me ask you this. It, okay. I, I, I'll just play the ad game on the other side for a second, okay? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Okay. I'm not endorsing this, but I'm just yes. asking you this. W- would this be a fair assumption where we sit here in nearly mid-January? Yeah. Okay. They've beaten two good teams, and I'm going to say good teams. UConn's not a great team. They might be ranked whatever they're ranked, but I mean, they're not a great team. They're a good, solid team. Okay, yeah. it's not a team that's going to win a national championship, I in my be. opinion. All right, okay, you can disagree. Like I said, this isn't a statement. Yeah, but but what can't be denied is this: they've played three good teams at home. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how good Indiana is. Not good. All right, but I'm not saying good. Indiana beat them here. Yes. The other two games are track meets against both UConn and against uh, Creighton last night. Yeah. And again, Creighton, you can argue all you want about Creighton. Okay, at the end of the day, they're nine and eight. And I know they lost six games, as you pointed out, without their best players. So in fairness, okay, fine. But they're nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Of the good teams they have played this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They lost to Duke. Yeah. They lost to Gonzaga. Yeah. They lost to Indiana. Now, Indiana did have their whole team. The reason Indiana has been playing so badly is because they're okay, playing Okay, but I'm saying they're a good team. Players. You're right. Okay, you're so right. I'm saying you're right. they've, played th- they've played four good teams. Creighton, we'll see. They've played four good teams this year. West Virginia? Okay, West Virginia, that's fair. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're good. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I, the, I you know what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. Okay, they've played Indiana at home. They're, they're winning okay. a lot of home games. They played, that's right. Yep. So the point I, I'm at, the question I'm asking you is: It not fair to say let's wait a little while? I do. I do think they got to go on the road and play UConn. Yeah, play Creighton, play Marquette. Yeah, play some of these teams that are good teams, not great teams. All right, you're not going to get the break here and the break there, where every single time you play a home game, you're shooting more free throws than the other team, which they're doing. Yeah, and I'm not in that style of play. I'm not saying there's anything you know with the referees involved here. But I'm just asking it, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I do I do think that, that Xavier will need to win some games away from Centos to really set everybody over the edge and convince everybody that this team is as good as they are because I think that their offense can carry them and they have so many you look at every single night, you know, people I see some people talking in the chat about, you know, how, how good the offense is. And I think the reason that the offense gives you so much um, cause to to be excited if you're a Xavier fan is because so many different guys can have an off night, and other guys can step up. Adam Kunkel had a quiet night last night. Zach Fremantle had a quiet night last night, but it didn't matter. Jack Nunji stepped up and had a double-double after he's had a rough offensive game the last few games. So I think their depth offensively is what gives you a, a lot of cause yes. to be excited about it. Yep. And the other thing we need to talk about, Tom, is Dayton. Dayton needs to win the A-10 tournament to get into the NCAA tournament because they had a terrible non-conference. But they have one of the best players in the country right now in Deron Holmes, and they are dominating the A-10. So if we're going to give love to Xavier and Cincinnati, 
um, and and obviously deserved love to to the way that Cincinnati won last night and to Xavier with how they're playing right now. Dayton is on a roll, and they have VCU at UD Arena tomorrow night. That place is going to be awesome. Well, it's awesome. That is going to be awesome up there. And and Deron Holmes, and they are still without two of their best players for how well they're playing right now. So credit to, you know, after a kind of rough December for, for some of the teams around here, things are starting to pick back up. Now, Would there be anything better than UD playing at the UD Arena in the play-in games? Yeah, and you know what's crazy is right now, I don't know if that's even out of the question because the way that their non-conference set up, if, if Dayton wins the A-10 tournament, you're probably looking at like a 13 seed because they played so poorly. But right now, I mean, they're starting to trend in the right direction, and they are by far the favorites in the A-10. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out that All they right. could play a home game on Tuesday in March. I wouldn't rule it out. That'd be fun. That would oh, be fun be awesome. because it was fun last year having uh, Wright State there. I was up there. And that's not their home floor, but it's their yeah. hometown. Yeah. All right. Um, Richard from Indian Hill, of all people, um, was in the house earlier today. And just to tie around uh, what Casey had said, Richard from Indian Hill believes this is Tom Brady's 48th playoff game. Wow. Think about that for a minute. He's played in more playoff games than the average player's NFL career lasts. So, you know, you're getting into Tracy Jones. Welcome to the program. Uh, with, with a guy like Richard from Indian Hill, uh, you're getting into what, what's the fan index saying? What's that called? That's the fan quality index, FQI. Every so team a, uses uh, it. So a guy like Rich, you know, sometimes you base that off, uh, you know, monetary things, how much money somebody spends when they come to the ballpark, et cetera. Uh, does intelligence level, research level, things like that come into it for Richard from Indian Hill to be able to point that out to the program here in the chat? Tom, Richard is the uh, complete package. I mean, he's intelligent. He's smart. He's got a good-looking wife. As a matter of fact, he's a client in my financial business. And it's what's crazy is we were at Ruby's having dinner with his wife, too. He's very, very attractive. 20 years younger than Richard. And you know who came up to come? Oh, Tom Brenneman. Isn't he so good looking? He's so good. Reminds, she says, reminds of George Clooney. You do. George Clooney. I mean, come on. Yes. Did, did, that that, did she wear glasses, real thick ones? <laughs> she was a librarian at one time. <laughs> <laughs> but one of those real sleeper librarians. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, we all know about those. Um, hey, hey. Hey, by the way, the new Rubies, and I mean, they're not a sponsor, but I got to tell you, um, uh, it was my wife's 50th birthday uh, over the holidays, and so we decided to go down there. That's a big league joint. There can't uh, be 10 restaurants in the United States of America that are nicer than that place. Now, was everything a la carte? It still is a la carte, and, and look, you're going to reach in your wallet. That's a given especially with what we're paying uh, for everything, more than we used to pay in this day and age right now. But um, they bring their A game down there every night. And this new place is just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, let me just say, because I'm an expert on money and I'm always trying to save money. 
But if you go to the precinct, it actually comes with a baked potato and a salad. So you get a Freddy salad, a baked potato uh, for less than what you'd pay at Ruby's. But speaking of money, Tom, and this has been bothering me. I've been up since three o'clock this morning, really bothered. And it has to deal with, with one of your employers, uh, employees, uh, Casey. And Casey, is he, is he there? He's is he there? here. The say hello to Ham and Eggers. Casey and Paul are here, yeah. Tracer. Casey, really worried about you, buddy. I got to tell you, you kept me up last night. I think you're going in the wrong direction with this wedding. Really bothered. You're spending way too much money. You're like trying to keep up with the Joneses, Tracy Jones type thing. You got to slow it down. <laughs> prime rep. When we talk about uh, twice baked potato, open bar, buddy. You're spending too much money. And this is coming from a guy, swear to God, because I talked to Danae about this. You know how much my last wedding cost, boys? You ready for this? $57,000. If that wasn't a waste of money, I don't know what is. Because let me tell you something, Casey. After that night, it's downhill. And I know you're going to be the knight in shining armor to have this beautiful wedding for your fiance. But I'm telling you, it's 50-50. You could, you could make it, like me and Tom, well, my second time, or you'll end up in a divorce. It's 50-50. Here's what we need to do. We need to take advantage of this fake generosity of the people that are coming to this wedding, to this reception. We need to take advantage of them. We need to nickel and dime them. Every way they look, we're going to get them. We're going to get them for some money. This isn't going to be a freebie for anybody. We're going to actually try to make some money. You'll have a little bit of expenses, but we're going to make some money. I wrote down some notes. I was up, like I said, since three o'clock. Do you want to? Do you want to do it or no? Do you want to make money? Or you want to lose money? Um, I mean, I'm, all, I'm all about making money, but just to just to clarify, we did get rid of the open bar. Okay. Thanks to your advice. Well, that's, so we're 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 well, all open wow. to your advice. Wow. Yeah, Casey, Big what? There. Listen to the tracer. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let me go through this, and and Casey, you might want to get a a. a Pen and pencil, write some of this stuff down. Write big, right? Write big. Hang on. Come on, write really Hold big. Hold on, we got you. I got a piece of paper. Got a pen. All right. First thing you hit these poor bastards with is parking. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> right? Parking. That's a big thing. Don't put anything like that on the invitation. So fifteen dollars for parking. Everybody pays for parking, right, Tom? No doubt about it. No, that's a great start, Trace. I mean, that's thinking. That's 3.30 that in the morning thinking, no doubt. Is, Continue. Is this cash oh, only? This is, cash only this is just the start. This is just the start. Second one, they walk in. You got to have a coat rack, right? You probably went to Ruby's. They had a coat rack, didn't they, Tom? Well, you know, I, I bypass a coat rack. I'm not spending money yeah. on that, but go ahead. Good idea. Okay, that's fine. But how about a shoe shine guy? You're gonna have some nice, nice low for nice shoes. You gotta get a shoe shine. Am I right or am I wrong on that? That's ten dollars. Well, you know the thing about that is, Tracy. You know how it goes sometimes. Uh, unless you're a, a, the kind of person that takes your shoes in to get cleaned up regularly, there's a real good chance, like in my closet, that if I had to go somewhere really nice, like right now, a wedding, um, if I didn't have time to get those things shined up right before a wedding, is a great idea. Please continue. I love these ideas. Oh. We go into the ballroom. I don't know where you're having it, but I'm sure it's a big room. We charge them an entry fee. Again, that is, let me see, that's $10, 10 20 Right there, before they walk in, $35. 
$35 before they've even just been into the room. And you know, let me Tracy, tell you guys, I would suggest, I would suggest that if you're going to do that with an entrance, okay, like that, what you do is like they used to do in the old days in uh, concerts where the first one through the door gets the best seat, right? So that's the way you set oh, it up for people who want to sit closest to the bride and the groom and the reception, be able to easily get out on the dance floor, those kinds of things. Then, yeah, charging them to get in the door. Are you charging them at the church or just a reception? Just the or reception. Both? Well, let, let me, I don't want to gouge people, but I do want to take advantage of them. Okay, all right, go um, ahead. But we don't want festival seating. We don't want to riot the thing happen with the Who concert, right? That goes No, right that's back. right. We don't, we don't, we don't. We don't. Okay, you talked about the open bar, and you're going to have to, on the invitation, put B-Y-O-B, okay? Bring your own booze because people like to bring their own stuff. I know I'll bring my own stuff. They'll get all liquored up. That's what you want. And here's how we gouge them, people. Here's how we, you take the bottle from them. You put it behind a table. And then when they want it, you give it to them and charge them a cork fee, right? Corkage. So that's $10 right there, right? You probably paid a corkage fee at Ruby's, didn't you, Tom? Well, I didn't, but I know what you're saying. Okay, here's another moneymaker. Pictures, right? Those pictures cost you an arm and the leg. Uh, Casey, go get yourself a Polaroid camera. You remember those, Tom? Yes, I do quite well. The ones that the instant Polaroids where you take it and it comes yeah. right out of the bottom, right? I yeah, I haven't used one of those since I used one taking pictures of a girl named Abby in Hawaii. And you know what's crazy? I took those pictures to get them developed. Tom, they wouldn't even develop those pictures. I don't know what was the situation there, but I didn't get them developed. But there, and you charge you charge people $10 to get your picture. Casey, are you listening? Are you taking notes? I, I, I'm taking notes. I've got it all okay, written you, down. See, I'm, I'm writing you it down right here. $15. $15. Can I continue? Do you have any guys have anything to add? I think you're right on your game. The only thing that you brought up that uh, that I think that you might have a problem with, I like the idea, uh, is that the wedding is in June. June 3rd. I don't know how many people are wearing coats. Yeah, good point. Good point. But let's just, so let's skip that, but let's, let's keep the shoe shine boy. Tom, what's yeah. your kid doing? Is there any chance that he can maybe work it on... on Believe he me, he'd love to. Guy's a worker, man. Guy's a worker. Luke, Luke would be okay. there. He'd be there. Here's a big moneymaker. Okay, you need to listen. It's called the money dance. Okay? So that's where people oh dance with either the groom or the bride, and then they put money in your pocket. Now, here's the key. You got to have the right song. And I'm thinking Stairway to Heaven. Long song, right, Tom? They'll be dancing forever. Or Freebird. Freebird was the one back in our free, day, Tracer. Freebird. Freebird's free a really good one. I should have gone with that one. <laughs> so then come back to the second round and put money in your pocket. This is Tom, if, did you have the money dance? Uh, we thought about it, and, uh, and you know, my wife didn't have any pockets in her dress. Okay, so you lost Same that. On her. Because I, yeah, I think we made about four or $5,000 off this. You still had everybody who's wanting to dance with Danae, no doubt, right? No doubt. Here's a hundred dollars. Bank on it. The bouquet, you know, throwing the bouquet. Yeah. Whoever catches it, the girl has to pay a hundred dollars. Now you can't tell them beforehand. You can't give them a heads up on this, so they won't do it. 
but you charge her a hundred dollars. These are all reasonable fees. How about the garter thing, right? You throw Casey, you throw that garter. Whoever catches that, that's a hundred dollars. Now in California, we have the girls taking their panties and throwing, but who wants stinky panties? Let's just keep it with the garters in the Midwest, right? Right. So that's that's a hundred dollars. Again. I'm just keep going. You see where we're making some money. Do you want me to keep going? Because I've got some better ones what? now. Keep, wait, wait, wait. No, Tracy, what about what about charging for song requests for the DJ? Well, but you got to pay the DJ, so you're not making the money, Well, right? but you can offset the cost. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Go ahead. Good I'll, idea. I'll, yeah, I'll look into that. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do as far as the music. Let's talk about the, uh, the prime rib. Are you, Casey, are you going away from that prime rib? No, we're, we're keeping the prime rib. Casey, come on now, potluck, potluck. This, this is Cincinnati, it's a Midwest, West Side thing. Just bring potluck. I mean, people like to bring their own dishes. I'll probably bring liver and onions because I'll be the only one eating because nobody likes liver and onions. I uh, love them. Marty, I know Marty's, okay, me and you, Tom, but no one else. See, it's a very cheap meal to fix. I think Marty's bringing a fruitcake. I talked to him or a jello mold. He's decided on which, which one to go with that. So you see, we're saving some money so far. We're saving a lot of money. Do you disagree with anything there, Casey? Are you, you all right with it? No, I mean, I think all these are really good ideas. Um, of course, all this would be cash. Like, you can't use card. All, all this is Oh, yeah, cash. cash. Cash is king. Right, Tracer? Cash is king. But, but well, you can Venmo. You, you can Venmo some money over to your account. Right. Get an account set up, and you can Venmo. Here's a big one, Tom, and I don't know if you did this. You got to pay the priest, don't you? That had the wedding for you, right? We're actually we're, we're actually using her uncle, so that we got away okay. with that. Well, he's going to want some money, all right. And what you want to do with this is you want to go to Walgreens and get one of those fat five dollar uh, cards, right? And you don't fill it up with money. You fill it up with platitudes, you know, compliments and all that. Make it really fat. And then as you see them, you reach into your, your waistband and you pull out a big fat envelope and you hand it to that guy. That will impress a lot of people. Remember, it's all about image. You want to show off a little bit. So just a couple <laughs> of ideas. There. Those are all really good ideas, Tracy. I'm going to have to show this to my fiance and, and see what we can. Uh, well, normally we she's dialed in on the program. I can't believe that she has not commented. She did earlier today, uh, but we've not heard from her since. It would be nice if she would at least give us some kind of input. Um, you know, we're getting all kinds of different input here. Uh, but, what you, uh, I mean, Tracer's laying it all out there. Okay, well, you know where else is a big expense is that damn cake. That oh, damn boy. cake's a lot yeah. Our cake was seven. Well, look, the two biggest, the two biggest, uh, you know, the, the the venue is a big hit money wise. And normally for a lot of weddings, I don't know about you, Tracer, uh, I don't know about you, Casey, but for a lot of weddings, the flowers are a big money hit. A, yeah, it's a big money ticket. Oh, I forgot about the damn flowers. I'm sorry, Casey. Maybe next week. Let me think about it over the weekend. How we can save with flowers. We can do that. I, I was thinking about the cake. What about this, Tom? What about getting like cardboard boxes? Ours was like a five-layered cake, right? To impress people. What about like getting some cardboard boxes and just getting big, small, build them up like seven cardboard boxes. Get some, uh, I don't know what kind of frosting. Put it on that. Show people the cake. 
and then take it back in the back room and just have a sheet cake, right? Just some yeah. cheap old sheet, sheet cake. And we just cut it out and give it to them. It's all about image. It's all about the visual. You want to think people think you're a big shot, Casey. Well, that's a really good idea. Um, we are, though, however, using nothing but cakes for for the cake. So we're, we're, have you ever heard of them before? Little buntinis? No, I, 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 no, I don't have, I know Marty will volunteer to have the dessert as cake, but it's not going to go around the whole crowd. I mean, that, that's not going to be the dessert for, for everyone there at your wedding, but I, I, I've never heard of those. What are they? Bunt cakes? Yeah. They're nothing but cakes and they give you little buntinis. They're kind of like cupcakes, but, uh, they're bunt cakes. They're tiny. And they're really good, really good. But we had to purchase a whole bunch of them for 150 people. So it's like we had to buy like 300 Buntinis for people. I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Tracer, uh, Richard, again, from Indian Hill is weighed in. And he said, Tracy, you know, he said, look, he said, Tracy had a very, very eloquent wedding in California going as far as to renting an entire winery it was such an exquisite affair says richard from indian hill that my wife wanted me to get married all over again he said i told her i don't make the same mistake twice (laughs) it it was it was so over the top because my wife was 40 years old right she thought she was going to be an old maid and never get married then she found you know hit the lottery and got me $57,000. $57,000. She pulled up in like a 1919 Rolls Royce, if you can believe that. You're talking about being posers. And I was thinking, I'm just looking, thinking, who's paying for this? This is incredible. So, Casey, that's why I'm thinking about you, bud. I don't want you to make the same mistake. Now, I didn't have to pay for it because I married into money. But you get my point, Casey, because I'm sure you're paying for a lot of this, right? Um. Yeah. Be careful, Case. Be very, very careful here answering I'm, I'm, that question, Case. I am, I am paying for my portion, and what uh, the hell does that mean? Yeah. What is, I mean, your, what what exactly is your portion, Casey? Is that your Casey? portion? What does that mean? I'm paying for. Your, he is watching, just so you know. Yes, he Nate, is. He's Nate dialed is in, in here. Nathan is dialed in right now. The father-in-law. I'm paying my portion that we agreed to. Wait a minute, hold on. This is there. This is on their tab. I'm all, we're already trying to save them money. Let's not get greedy with this. You pay nothing. You pay nothing. <laughs> Nathan weighed in and says, yeah, what the hell does that mean, Casey, in capital letters? <laughs> in capital letters, he just wrote that. I told you to be careful, Casey. Every single time you start getting into this stuff with Tracy, you end up in the cat house. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't say anything that wasn't true. I just said that I'm paying my portion. I am getting help, but I am having to pay my portion. Okay. You have to pay for that dinner, right? That you have before, right, Tommy? The, he, Casey pays for the dinner and the honeymoon. Yeah, that's the, it's called the uh, rehearsal dinner, I think it's called. Right, right. You know, and I told you guys this, I never paid for a honeymoon. I still, see how smart I am with money? I said, you know, next year. And then it was next year. 
And 13 years later, I still haven't done it. That's how good I am about saving money. Smart guy, Tracer. That's why he's a yeah. money manager case. He's giving you some good tips here. I know. I need to I need to get some more advice from him. Well, I just cannot believe that uh, that your bride-to-be is not weighed in. She was on. She must have something going on. Um, so nothing from her. Um, Casey's going to start leaving at 1129 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, according to CJ. It's probably a good idea. Um, it's real good. Everett just said, bet Fred needs to create odds that this wedding is actually going to happen at this rate. I mean, if Tracy, if Tracy keeps coming on Tuesdays and Thursdays, those odds might keep going down. There's, that's like the Bengals line. It's changing yeah. by the minute. Oh, yeah. All right, Tracer, I want to shift gears for a minute. Um, Keith Hernandez, one of the great all-time gamers in the history of baseball. Um, you know, th th he is in every form of the word. He is the old school, don't know how much it sells anymore, uh, but old school, he is a man's man. Always was. Back in his days playing originally with the Cardinals and he goes to the Mets, becomes this cult hero and leader and Won a World Series in St. Louis. Won a World Series with the Mets. Gamer. Great player. Tough guy. Ran the streets at night. Apparently, he's out with a new book. He's doing the whole book tour thing last night. I caught a little bit of that interview he did last night. Um, what, do, what do you think about Keith Hernandez in this book tour and kind of laying everything out there? Yeah, I was watching Tucker Carlson. I know you love Tucker Carlson, and they had uh, – uh, Tucker had uh, Keith Hernandez on it. I think the book is Bad Boy Keith. And he was talking about how he ran the streets and how he smoked in the dugout. And I was just thinking about how far players have come, Tom, right? I mean, he talked about staying out all night. Yep. Chasing, you know, doing, I'm not going to, he was out all night. Right. And the ballpark at Wrigley without even sleeping. And that was his piece of advice. He says, if you're going to stay out that late, don't go to bed. He says, just go straight to the ballpark. Yep. And what I really like about Keith, and I really respect him, uh, Tucker asked him, he says, so you were out that game. You didn't play. He says, oh, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to play for your teammates. He says, I'm not going to get caught, you know, shorthanded, not going for a ball. And people say, well, you were out the night before. He said, those are the games I really focused in on and made sure I played well. And to his credit, you know, he said he only did it, you know, four or five times, stayed right. out the entire night, but he had pretty good games. I just thought it was was great of Keith to say, oh, no, no, no. It was about my teammates, and I made sure that I played and played well the next day. And I well, think you, that's important. You know, important. The, thing, the, the thing I loved about it, Tracy, when you hit the nail on the head because this, it's exactly what, what stood out to me in part of that interview that I saw. I just love that a guy like him, and it's not to say there aren't guys playing today that wouldn't say the same thing, but, I mean, he broke right. it all the way down to uh, holding a runner on at first base at Wrigley yep. after he had been out the night before all night. And already said, as you just pointed out, there is no way I'm sitting out. Never going to happen. I'm going to focus, give it everything I got. Uh, but, he, but he broke it all down to the most minute thing and how many dozens of times this play and this moment can happen in a game where you're the first baseman and he's considered, if not the greatest, 
one of the two or three greatest defensive first basemen that ever played. And he talked about how he's holding the guy on at first. Now the pitcher comes to the plate. He has to move to his right. He was a left-handed thrower, if I remember right. He moves to his right, coming off the bag with the runner as the pitch is delivered to the plate. And how if a ball is then hit because he came off too slow, if a guy, if a ball is then hit to his right and he can't make that play to his right, then it's first and third, and he'd be looking at the pitcher if he can't make that play and he knew he let the guy down. See, he was all about his teammates. And by the way, he was the best throwing first baseman that I've ever seen. I mean, he could really throw. Most first basemen can't throw the ball, right? That's why you're playing first base, like a Steve Garvey, like a Frank Thomas. Those guys can't throw the ball. So that's why you're at first base. Very good uh, first baseman. But, yeah, he was just – he was a gamer – but I'll tell you what, him saying that if you are going to go out and drink, you better come out and play. And there was a guy that I played with, Tom. I saw him out the night before drinking a bottle of whiskey. Swear to God, he didn't drink the whole bottle, but he drank a lot. And that son of a gun, I knew because he didn't have the character. And he was a starter for us. He played every day. He wasn't going to play. And I said to myself, Trace, you're in the lineup. Better get your – and I'd been out too, as always – um, always. And he did not play. And I thought, boy, you lost a lot of respect for me because you didn't go out and play because you were hung over. Players know that. And you lose respect. And Keith Hernandez was just the opposite. I'm But let me ask you this. And, and I really mean this because, you know, look, I, I was fortunate enough to broadcast baseball games for 32 years, day in and day out. Um, the, the, the difference in the player as far as nightlife is concerned then compared to now is literally the difference between night and day. Um, you know, it used to be where everybody and his brother, you'd see everybody out after the game in this place or that place. He's not saying they're going out and getting hammered and staying up all night and women. and Some of them did, some of them didn't. But the point was you used to see a lot of them out. But, but, but you know, we tend to, um, we tend to glorify – uh, the, the, the Keith Hernandez's, the Mark Grace's, the George Bretts, they were all great players. But Tracy, how many guys tried to do that and whose careers ended up falling apart from going out and doing that on a regular basis? Oh, wait a minute. Did I just raise my hand? No, it, it, it's, it's so true. It's so true that if I had a hell of a time. Um, but players are different. I remember a few years ago on my radio show when people actually used to listen to the afternoon show, um, I interviewed Jay Bruce, and he was in Houston. For some reason, he was doing some charity. Jay Bruce a very straight-up guy, right? So I asked Jay, after the game, do you prefer solid gold or cheetahs? And he looked at me like, what the hell did you – it didn't look at me, but you could hear there was a long pause. Like, what did you just say? Because they didn't go out at night, right? They didn't go to places like that. Yeah. But I was trying to be funny. wasn't funny, of course. But I just thought he had no idea. He'd never heard of solid gold. He had no idea what cheetahs was. And, Tom, you might want to help the boys out there, the Ham and Eggers, explain to them. But Jay Bruce, those guys were straight. In fact, the Reds got mad at me for asking that question, which I was just trying to lighten it up. Well, they, they ought to find other things to worry about. But, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a truth. Um, you know, I, I, 
I got to believe, don't you think, Tracy, at the end of the day, the reason we don't see guys going out like they used to, uh, two reasons. One, all the, the, the social media attention, right? I mean, you can be doing something as innocently as walking up to a bar, fill in the blank in what town, whatever bar, and all of a sudden, um, you know, a woman walks up to you, starts talking to you, somebody just takes that moment in time, you know, uh, the picture, it's on social media, and now all of a sudden, your whole world is turned upside down. I, I think at the end of the day, that's a reason why, along with the fact that I think there's been so much more emphasis on, um, you know, your diet and the amount of sleep and knowing you're not going to feel well if you are out at night, and that's become much more of a priority now than it used to. But I think the social media part has been the number one reason that has changed. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I can 100%. I asked Todd Frazier one time. I don't even think it was on the air. I saw him at Reds Fest. I said, so where do you guys like to go out? Who do you hang out with? What bars do you go to? And he says, we don't do that. He says, once in a while, we'll go to the hotel bar, and I'll actually have a Coke. And I'm thinking, boy, have times changed. Todd Frazier would not be my roommate. Or Jay Bruce would not be my roommate. I'm more of a Dibble guy. Rob Dibble. He was was fun. (laughs) A lot of fun. Wait, I I got a question, Tracy, because I grew up in D.C., right right outside D.C. in Northern Virginia. And Rob Dibble was one of the first broadcasters that I remember as a Nationals broadcaster. He was their color guy for a while before he got let go. Do you have, like, I'm just curious as somebody that listened to Rob for years, uh, do you have any stories or fun memories or anything about Rob? Well, Dib and I used to be really good friends. I was in his wedding. He was in mine. So I I know Dibs pretty well. I was, you know, one of these days we'll go back and talk about Rob Dibble because there's a lot there, and I think he was misunderstood. He's a very generous person. And he's a great guy. But during spring training, when he first made it to the 40-man roster and we went to spring training, he met me at the airport with a six-pack of Mickey's Big Mouth. It was 11.30. I said, Dibs, let's go. Can you Come on, Trace. Let's go. Let's go to Popcorns. And we would get, we would get in his, his car. His, he had a red, like, Mustang. And his license plate was, I pitch. That didn't go over well with the guys from the team. You know that, right, Tom? Oh, yeah. Vanity license. Yeah, Yeah. that didn't go over well. But he was so fun and had so much energy. Had a lot of energy. I mean, he only needed like three hours of sleep, and he was ready to go. Hell of a ball player, competitor. I I like Rob Devil a lot. Smart guy, too. In his heyday, um, you know, we can talk about all the guys and how hard they throw now and all that kind of thing. In his heyday, for about a three- or four-year stretch there, uh, never been a more dominant guy on the mound to come out of the bullpen. Yeah. I would argue one in the more, history of baseball. Not saying he's a best. More, I'm saying dominant. One more quick story about Dibs. We were so tight that we were really good friends. And I had an issue with one of the players in our own organization. And you know how you have those four fields, Tom, and you're playing back-to-back? Yep. Well, I was playing at one field, left, uh, left field, and I saw this guy who I didn't like in the organization. He was the one guy I didn't like. And Dibble knew it. He was out there pitching and friggin' nailed his ass right in the back. And he says, how? And so we talk. I says, you did that? He says, yeah, I did that for you. Because <laughs> I know you don't like him. That's what kind of that's, that's what kind of teammate he is. Yeah. Even if it was our, one of our own teammates. That's exactly right. That's right. 
<laughs> Tracer, you have brought incredible insight to Casey. Uh, we still have not heard from his fiance on the chat. She must be very, very busy right now. So um, I, um, I'm sure that he can't thank you enough. And as always, we can't thank you enough for your generous right. time Casey, here today. Remember, remember this, trying to save you some money. Money buys happiness. Just remember that. Money <laughs> buys happiness. And if you have money and you're not happy, then you're not shopping at the right places. Write that down. Writing it down. Tracer, have a good, good day today. See you guys. Have a good weekend. All right. Uh, there you have it. I mean, uh, Casey, I, I, I'm really disappointed. And, and I'm not, I, I know that she has other things to do with her life. But I'm really disappointed that she has not chimed in. I know that she wasn't feeling too well, and she she's probably working right now, so she uh, she's probably just taking a little bit longer to to complete all of her her tasks for the day. So it's a it's a it's okay. I'll bring all the this list to her. This list right here, I have it all written down. All the numbers, all the all, everything that he uh, gave advice on. Got it all written down. Okay. All right. That is good stuff. Um, just trying to one last final check in the chat. Nathan uh, came in, but then uh, disappeared. Um, so, you know, everybody chiming in. Tracy Jones is the best. Some get turned off by him. Not many, but some do. He has been a real friend to you, Casey McAllister. He really has. He's always looking out for me. I hope a couple of years down the line or whenever it is, it comes time for, for my turn. Tracy is just as uh, generous with his offers. Yeah, but, you but know you'll I... turn into one of those guys, and I'm going to leave them unnamed. Uh-oh, here we go. Okay. I'll leave them unnamed. I think you're naming them right now. No, I'm not. I'm not naming them. Okay. But you'll end up one of those guys a couple years from now. You'll have some Major League Baseball broadcasting job, whatever it might be. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you'll have nothing to do with us anymore at Chatterbox Sports. I mean, both of you guys are reaching big fame and fortune. Uh, you'll be tired of working with ex-professionals. <laughs> I am an ex-pro. As the saying goes. And so, you know, you, you guys will be off to, 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 to the, you know, the big, 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 big time. But we'll still be right here in Hamilton, Ohio. I'll still be right here with you, Tom. No, 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 no. You, you, you will turn into like some of those other guys do. Big leaguer. I know a lot of them. Believe me. Guys used to be my friends when I was on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you know, Paul, try to learn the lesson. Don't be that guy. All right. Uh, do we have a, a UDF cherry on top today of this uh, dynamic two-plus hours? Casey does have one for us. Let's go. All right. What do we got? Oh, you know, it's just a little something that Joe Burrow left for us all. Just a little message about the Bengals fan base. Okay. Excited. I know, I know the fans will come out ready to go uh, that, that atmosphere on that Monday night game that we didn't unfortunately end up playing that was the best atmosphere pregame I'd ever been a part of so we're going to need that again on Sunday ever 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 strong words here 
ever. They say that uh, LSU can get rocking and rolling for a night game down in the Bayou. I think it says a lot about our fan base. Well, I mean, look, it's turned into it's turned into an unbelievable situation down there. I, I think all of us, okay, if you can take off the glasses, all of us are in in almost disbelief of what has happened over the last three years in this city. The way people have gone from feeling the way they felt about the Bengals. They might buy tickets and go see them, but, you know, the terrible years through the 80s and most of the 90s, Dalton comes around, A.J. Green, they get to the playoffs and get their tails kicked. Not just kicked, they get embarrassed. You stay with a coach who's around for 12, 14 years, and he's 500. And that's probably a good record for most of the talent he was given there. But when they did have good talent and good teams, they never spent any money. Uh, And now all of a sudden, here we are. It was three years ago, Zach Taylor's first year. This team didn't win a handful of games. And in walks one guy, that guy. You just saw. And Katie Brown and Mike Brown and Troy Blackburn and all the rest of them decide, you know what? This is a special guy at a special time. We're going to spend money on the defense. We're going to spend money on the offense. They've always drafted pretty well. And now all of a sudden, look what you got. You got sellout crowds every game. It's insane to go down there and watch a game. It is among the very, very best in the NFL. And three years ago, if you would have told somebody that would be the deal, they'd have told you you're out of your mind. Agreed. But with all that comes expectations. Sunday night, you sit down at the table and you look across from the guests you have in your home and you're staring down the barrel at expectations. Will they be met? This is like one of those Zen moments that you get on YouTube TV. You know how they bump the commercial out and all of a sudden they show the little hummingbird? Oh, yeah. Right? So think about that for a minute. All right, tomorrow, Jay Morrison from The Athletic is going to join us. First time on the program. We're very excited to have him tomorrow. We're going to have Engravens, who's dialed in. He's the, you know, I mean, he's the guy on the Ravens. He'll tell everything going on. So we got both of those guys. We're going to have our picks tomorrow. My main man, Luke Brenneman's coming in as a guest picker tomorrow. Can't wait for that. He better bring his A-game expectations. He better bring his A-game. We don't settle for B-games. No, we don't. All right, boys. Job well done. Thank you, as always. Not too picky. Me and Reed, we're going to go through the NFL weekend. Is that coming up right now? Right now, so baby. So you're going to give all the picks for the weekend right now. And some college football stuff and a little bit of... What do you uh, mean college football? Oh, sorry, college basketball. Sorry, college basketball. And a uh, little bit of things that we've noticed with people talking about with betting coming in. And we have Mike Schmaltz for his uh, weekly picks. Jay so Morrison there. is from Hamilton. Did you know that? Uh, I now that you, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that off the top of my head, but I have heard that now that you say that. Okay, it's reminded in the chat. And uh, we thank everybody. U.S. veteran retired. Salute all of those who have, are, will serve in the United States military. 
All right, until tomorrow, not too picky coming up next. Yep. And if you want to win a little cash, these are your guys. Big weekend. We'll Huge see you weekend. tomorrow. All right.